three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. Welcome in, everybody. It is Thursday, January 19th. And let's talk about it Thursday again. Groundhog Day again. We're coming to you, as always, from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu to see what the UofL College of Business can do for you. We're on live today from 3 to 6. 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, adjust those dials if you haven't already in the last year and a half. Streaming all over the land, you know it better as the Big X, Mike Rutherford and Trevor Kelsey, who as promised is rocking the Eagles jersey today. 48 hours away from divisional kickoff against the New York Giants. At least you have something to look forward to. I mean, you've got that going for you. I'm living vicariously through you because I would give anything to have a weekend distraction coming up as opposed to what we're about to talk about for the next three hours, I assume. I I told you I could just... Can we just replay Monday's first hour and just come in at four today? You did say that. You're like, we can, we could just do Monday. <laughs> like if I if I went in and edited, took it out, just like who did we? Who, who did Carolina, we, Carolina. Just take out the name Carolina be, and put, put Pitt. The problem was there would be a lot of talk about your guarantee. That's true. Yeah. You, although you did take us to cover the spread well, last how, night. How about I just move back another week and go back to the after the Florida State game? Right? I think what we need to do here is for like from the three oh five moment on, just talk in broad terms with Evergreen, like not. Discuss Pitt specifically. Don't, don't, say, don't say school name or even. Don't, we don't even have to say player names, do we? Well, can we just use pronouns like he? No, we can probably talk about specific players on our team because I assume the performances are going to to continue to be as sporadic <laughs> as they were last <laughs> night. And if we do that, you know, that can save us like forty minutes a show. Yeah. After every game for the next month and a half. I mean, God. I got I got to do some cards on the side here in a second. I figured we. Need something to kill the time. Uh, so, you know what we're going to talk about today. The cards. You know when Jody puts it out at like 10 o'clock in the morning, it's not a good <laughs> I wonder if he just sent me an old show, too. Maybe. Uh, Louisville plays Pitt last night. It doesn't go well. Uh, and really? there are. Stop me if you've heard this before. I think some. Yeah. Shockingly, at the end of yesterday's show, I said, I think they're going to start well. I think they're yeah. going to be competitive. I think there's going to be a big pit run. I think we're never going to really get back in the game. And then I think we're going to battle a little bit late, which was the only thing I was wrong about. And we're going to lose by 10. And we ended up not battling late, and we lost by 21. Um, 
I predicted the pit run to happen in the second half, though. You did. You you were more optimistic. You had some optimistic. You said it was seeping over from your optimism going into last weekend, which you thought would have been eviscerated by a lopsided loss to North Carolina. Instead, you still were were too optimistic. And again, you know, we're up 14-10, thinking, okay, this is looking good. They're competing. They're battling. We had a nice start again. We're playing well. I think we had maybe one turnover in that point, two turnovers possibly. Uh, And then, you know, I don't know. I go to or I go to get a drink or I go to any do anything. I leave the room, let the dogs out, woof, woof. And then I come in, it's 27-14. And I'm like, it's just, I mean, in the blink of an eye. It's just like, here we go again. Any day now, though, a team that shoots threes really well is going to start missing wide open threes. It's our defense. That's how we plan. I, I said at the end of yesterday's show, I said Pitt does two things really well. They rebound well. And they make threes well. We did a good job against them on the glass. We didn't let them get a ton of second chance opportunities. We did, however, as we tend to do, as we tend to do, let them take, I don't know, fifty thousand wide open three pointers, and they made fourteen, and that was the game. I I I don't. Let's play a game. Is Trevor saying this live or from another from another day show? That should be a great game for this radio show. I'll just play a clip. Was this mic from? Thursday, January 19th, or was this Mike from May 28th? <laughs> or just pay any other game. <laughs> before the season even started. Or is this live? Who knows? I don't know if he's really here. we got to get more guards. Yeah, what, was, what was that from? <laughs> I'm a little worried about this. So, what, what? That could have been any month in the last seven. So, again, stop me if you've heard this, but we make a little makes a big play. They get the crowd pumped. You cut it to nine on a, on a reverse dunk and, a, and one by J.J. Trainer. Mm-hmm. And what do, you, what do you expect to happen next? Pitt hit a three from the corner. Pitt hit a three from the corner. That's exactly what happened. I mean, as soon as the ball went to the corner, the guy, I, didn't, I mean, it was. Just, I think it actually cut it to six, and then the three got it back to nine. I think is what it might have been. Yeah. You're right, yeah. And then, but it was, it was inevitable. And then what happens again? Louisville, like two possessions later, just turn the ball over on a fast break. They get a layup. Because I remember the specific sequence that you were talking about with Trainer making it, who, who played really well last night. Tra- a lot of energy. Did, did the little things, kept us in the game at times. I want to be like Notre Dame's coach at some point with like with with trainer and, and and Brandon and be like if I like like O'Hare from Rudy. I'm if like you if had I, one tenth the hard trainer. If you had one tenth the hard trainer, you could have been all American. You could be out there being an all American. I mean, do not like, now. So, so that moment happens. He and, hustles, man. And this is me once again repeating myself because I, I think <laughs> I had this this take after the Clemson game last week. Like that happens, we have momentum. The, the the few fans who are in the building are being very supportive. Like you've whittled away, you gotten down to six, you've got a little momentum. There's in my entire lifetime before this season, even last year, in that moment, I'm like, all right, here we go, we got a shot. Yeah. This year, there's no part of me when that happens that's like, we're gonna win this thing. I still am like, we're gonna lose by double digits. I'm like the dude in uh, Hot Top Time Machine predicting the uh, Elway game. Like he's gonna hit a three coming up the corner. Nowhere. I just I, like, I never wish I could be with a group of people and make money on this. I always know the run from the opponents coming. I never believe the run is coming from us. And the one difference was is like you said this this game they made that run and instead of just continue because that we we kept it when they made that original run in the, in the first half as they always do again fill in the blank opponent ad lib here mad libs but the. We we kept it with that like what that like fifth thirteen to twelve to ten area we we didn't let really it get blown away, 
And the only difference in this game, like you, you pointed out a second ago, is that we didn't keep it there. We'd let them slip away after, what, about the eight-minute mark, I think. And then yeah, and then it was done. We just tapped out, and they ended up winning by 20. So let's, I didn't mean to – I didn't want to really just dive into the specifics like, like we did right there because I think there are some more overarching things to talk about. You've got the, – like the the general sentiment that I'm seeing, the, the narrative that I'm seeing on social media today and some of the websites today is – Last night was some sort of breaking point from the U of L fans that are still clinging on to hope or that are still invested in this, <laughs> and I don't really think that that's the case. Like, like <laughs> I mean, are, are people more mad about this game than others? Maybe, and I, I don't know why, but la- like, I expected that that to be the worst home environment we've had in conference play so far, just because the fans got up for North Carolina as much as they could. You had the whiteout. You had a lot of UNC fans there as well, and then the team regressed it felt like for the first time in in three weeks or so and so Pitt coming in not exactly a a a sexy opponent on a weeknight you expected it to be not a lively atmosphere and I think it was probably the worst that we've seen so far so I I, I don't think this was like a game that everybody was was hyped up for I I don't even think it was a game that people really thought we had that much of a chance in we were nine and a half phone underdogs there was certainly no optimism on this show there certainly was no optimism from the text line um, I think there was one person who DM'd me saying, I think Louisville's going to win tonight. That was pretty much it. So this shouldn't have been all that much of a different reaction from any of the other losses that we've been dealing with for, you know, 67 years or how long the season has lasted. But it, it, it does seem like there's been more anger today, a, a little bit more anger. I think it's because it, it was a back to the second game, like you said, resorting back to where we were in December. It feels and, like the progress that we had made, if there was some. And, and there, there was a little and bit. Look, but the, yeah. the diehard fans, especially the ones who are still very much in Kenny Payne's corner, want to cling to some positivity. And the positivity that you could cling to was, we're, we're getting better. Yeah, We're not getting blown out by these power conference teams. We're fighting back. We're losing by 12, but we're in these games, and they're still battling, they're still bought in, all that stuff. And the last two games, back-to-back, now 21-point losses, are deflating to that that yeah, argument. Especially at home. And so I think you've seen a little bit of that. I, I think what is setting in for me more and more is just how apathetic. The word I was looking for. Checked out that more of the fan base is than I thought was going to happen. I mean, I said this, I think, probably two months ago. I want to say it was December, like early December, when it was obvious that the season was not going to go. There wasn't much hope for the season being turned around and becoming anything sort of really positive I was like be happy that people are this upset be happy that people are this angry or this defensive because when you really start to worry is when people just check out completely and I mean I've got I've got a UofL friend text group that these are all the people that like I would do crazy superstitious stuff with before games you know we, we just talked about UofL constantly as recently as a few years ago and I think only two of us are watching the games now live which is incredibly depressing. You've now, got, are, they, are they using the family kids wife excuse, or they just don't? They just like they just don't want to watch. Like they, and it's not. There are people who listen to the show who will text on the text line and be like, "I'm not watching the games." That's like, like I got with Raw and WWE. I think they still they still care enough about the program to want to hear the talk about what's happening, but they can't subject themselves to this any longer. I mean, I, I've got friends last night who were like, "I didn't know we were playing." I've got other friends who were like, "I knew, but I wasn't going to watch." And this is where you really, really are in the danger zone. Because once you lose hold of that grip that you've got on the passionate fan base, it's hard to get it back. 
I mean, a lot. We've seen that with you know, people talking about what COVID did to sports fans. A, a lot of times, you know, it becomes a routine to follow your team. You do things in a certain way just because it's what you've always done. And COVID got a lot of people out of that routine. And some people were like, I realized how it, it doesn't really mean that much to me any, anymore. Like, I realized there were other things that I liked spending my time doing. And I'm still following the team, but, you know, we gave up our season tickets. We're not, I'm not checking the websites. I'm not listening to the radio shows anymore just because. It, it got me out of that routine and I realized it was, I was doing it more just because it was all I knew than because I really, really enjoyed it and was really that passionate about it. And I think the same phenomenon takes place when people check out because the season is so bad. It's hard to get them to check fully back in. It, it takes like a national title type run or being in that national title conversation to get that portion of the fan base back. Or, or it takes a, like, I mean, with football, you're seeing getting Jeff Brom back, get, having this recruiting class, having these transfers come in. For right now, that's gotten a lot of the people who had checked out these last several seasons back at least paying attention. You're going to have to win at a high level to keep them back on board, but they're back. And with basketball right now, you've got people who just do not care, who are just like, if they're not going to try hard, if they're not going to care, if we can't stay within 21 of a pit team that had never won inside the KFC Yum Center before last night. Why am I going to spend... I mean, you could you have known that was the mean... <laughs> why am I going to spend two hours of my Wednesday night following that i know how the story ends talk to me when they're not even talk to me when they start winning at a high level again talk to me when they start being competitive against mid-level teams from the acc that probably aren't going to the ncaa tournament somewhere there's somebody on the 41 team going we never let pitt win in the yum center they didn't <laughs> yeah what you, people talking about us all year long yeah louisville had been 12 and 1 in home games against pitt going into last night they had been 10 and 0 against pitt inside the kfc yum center it was a pit. I mean, and a lot of pit fans reminded me of. Remember when you guys played us in 2018? That team that was 0 and 21, the team that was throwing the ball to guys that were also out of bounds, and Kevin Stallings is hanging his head. They're like, now we know. Now you guys know how we feel. Oh, we've known that for a few weeks now, a month or so. I don't think it, I. I still thought it was going to get that bad as recently as like poor, four weeks ago. Poor Sydney's had a ball thrown off every part of his body, and unfortunately, by all his own teammates. The. The, the shocking thing to me is how much more, I don't want to say upset, but like stunned the national segment of people who follow college basketball is about what's happening to Louisville than it seems like at least a portion of the fan base here is. I mean, you still have the, the same the same debates happening after every game. You know, the same, you know this is it's going to get better. This is Chris Mack's fault. This is Rick Pitino's fault. This is the player's fault. This is whoever's fault. Just hang in there. Meanwhile, Everybody. I mean, I put the, the the thread up there on Twitter earlier today. Ryan Nanny, who covers college football, we used to work together at SB Nation, had a big thing saying he posted Louisville stats before last night, where Louisville is 2-16, 0-7 in the ACC, and like 350th in an absurd number of statistical categories out of 363 Division One teams. And he was like, what is the college football equivalent for this? This is a program that was number one in the country as recently as three years ago. They won a national title a decade ago. They had been to an Elite Eight just in 2015. They were riding high. And now they're not just bad. They are worse than any power conference team that we've ever seen, at least up to this point. What's the And all these college football people were like, there really is no equivalent. Somebody tried to say Minnesota from 2007. I'm like, I would say almost the U post uh, uh, after the early 90s before Davis got there. That little they've never had a season this bad. They've they've never been like the worst power conference team in all of college. No, football. no. I'm thinking. I'm just thinking of a drop. Though there is no equivalent. There's no equivalent. If somebody was like four and eight Notre Dame. I'm like, are you kidding me? Four and eight Notre Dame is like us last year. 
which is, again, we were like 127 on Camp Bomb. We're 290 right now on Camp Bomb. We are 342 in the net. There are 21 teams in college basketball that are lower ranked than we are in the tool that the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee uses to select its field of what 68 teams. What Hawaii do after the year? Do they got blown by Georgia? <laughs> Hawaii is not Louisville. Hawaii football is not equivalent to Louisville basketball I mean, in I mean, any way, shape, or form. Uh, they could have they got like one win the next year. Cause they, they, it uh, doesn't matter. That's not. That's like that's like flat. That's like St. Peter's this year. Hey, trying I'm, to make I'm that stretching comparison. over here. Okay. <laughs> the, the point is the point is there's no equivalent. There's no equivalent. I've got. I mean, I saw. Um, a, a national professional basketball writer who was like, what's happening at Louisville right now is one of the more bizarre things I've ever seen in sports. Like, everybody is just stunned by this, and you still have people around here who are like, this is okay. This this is, this is going to be fine. This is normal. Maybe they're right. The fact of the matter is, it has never, like, we've never, we're, we might be the worst power conference team in the history of college basketball. If we don't win a game between now and the end of the season, maybe Nebraska. You can tell me that things were going to be bad. You could never have told me that things were going to be two and seventeen. Can't stay with and the ACC is not even good. I know. And I'm going to tell you something else that's going to scare not you a little great bit. Pittsburgh team last night. I watched. Are you? They're not going to make the NCAA tournament. No, I would be shocked. Yeah. yeah. The the scary thing right now. They're average. Among the, the all scary things is we haven't faced the toughest part of our conference schedule. We've got the easiest part coming up. And if you don't win one of these next four games, I think you start to lose hope about you winning a game, period. But we still, I mean, we end the season with Miami, who's oh, maybe the second best team, and the, they already have ones, and that's away. Virginia, who's the best team in the conference right now. Yeah, they'll just toy with us. Clemson, who's tied for first in the conference right now. Duke, who's maybe the most talented team in the conference. We get a reprieve with Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, who are underachieving, and then we end with Virginia again. Like that matters. Yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> I mean, we played Georgia Tech, who was supposed to be the worst team in the conference by a wide, like, like, like wide margin, and we're right now given a sixteen percent chance. To I, mean, win I just that watched game. us lose by twenty one last night to an average team. I mean, it's not gonna. I mean, telling me Georgia Tech is is not very good doesn't make me feel any more confident. Yeah, I think we're all in the same boat, Trevor. Yeah, I know. It's, oh, I know. It's just, it's getting it's getting a little crowded in here. Somebody might have to go lay on. I'm about to do a jack and go lay in the water because it's getting crowded in this boat. I and I maybe this is going against my point earlier, where it's like I don't really see this as a, a breaking point from Louisville fans. I think it's just Louisville fans getting increasingly angry about something that they've been angry about for a while. But with every game that happens like this, because 21 again, like you said, that's a pit team that I think is super average. It, it's a pit team that in years past. You don't really think twice. You're upset if you only beat them by like six to eight points. Exactly. Yeah. We lost them by 21, and the more that this goes on, the more that I'm seeing things not change. The more that I'm seeing the the looks on the players' faces in games remain the same. The more that I'm seeing, and I, I I've said this before, I'll say it again. I wish it didn't bother me as much. The more that I see Kenny Payne like laughing it up in the press conferences after the games, which I just I, I try to envision any other. You know, we want Kenny Payne to wind up being a Hall of Fame coach. We want him to be one of the best coaches in college basketball. That's why you hire somebody at a place like Louisville. I can't envision any of the other coaches that you think about when you think about Hall of Fame coaches, when you think about the best in the, in the game, laughing it up consistently in this situation. And again, it, it's a little thing. You may say, well, that's, that's just silly. What's he supposed to do? Cry after every game? I mean, get, get a little bit pissed off. Like, it's almost like it's this whole deal. Like, you guys see these players. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, like he told the story about the pit player 
uh, Nike Sabandi, I think it was, talking trash to him. And he's like, I want my guys to do that. And he's laughing it up. And I'm like, you know, less of this, more of like telling us how much this is hurting you. I, I know it does. And we hear people talk all the time about this bothers Kenny Payne more than anybody. And he's working. He never leaves his office, never leaves the Keeper Center. Like, tell us more about that. Like, we need to hear it right now. We need some sort of reassurance that this isn't the way it's going to be more or less as long as you're the head coach, because right now we don't have a whole lot to point to, to say that it's going to get better. We, we, we don't. And when the season started, I mean, one of the talking about things that we repeated on the show, I think I said it a million times, he's got one of two avenues to reassure the fan base that this is going to be a successful tenure. One overachieve dramatically on the floor, take a team that nobody thinks is going to make the NCAA tournament, make the NCAA tournament or come close. That's clearly not happening Two. At least be a lot more competitive in games you should be competitive in. Yeah, two killed in recruiting. You you, you know you get the, show the fan base that you are all that you were described to be when it comes to bringing in elite level talent. Not happening either. It's why people are panicking. The panic is not just about this historically bad season. People would be even if we had DJ Wagner coming. Let's say we had DJ Wagner, Aaron Bradshaw, whoever, AJ Johnson coming too. We had a top five recruiting class waiting in the wings. I think people would still be alarmed by the fact that we're two and seventeen and three forty two in the net and not remotely competitive with with average teams that in years past we would have slept walked past. But you could at least point to that and say, wait till he gets his guys. All these talking points that we have that indicate that it's the players' fault, not the coaching staff's fault, they would carry a little bit more weight because we would have a definitive answer next year. If you brought in those guys and we still weren't good next season, boom, you know we can move on. We're The argument's not going to stop after next season, during next season. If we're bringing in, again, like top 75 four-star players in the recruiting class, maybe this JUCO now that has no ranking anywhere, and then a bunch of transfers, you're still going to have people who are like, he didn't have a chance to recruit this class. We the, the NCA stuff didn't get swept away until way too late in the process. You still got to give him more time. He's building the culture. It was so bad. Like, like we're, we're going to go through this again. And I don't think that we can, I don't want to say I don't think we can survive, but I don't know if we can do two full seasons of being the worst two teams in the history of Louisville basketball. I don't know if the program can take that much of a hit. Program. I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about my health too. I, mean, I got a bad ticker, I mean, no guys. You're not the, helping. Don't miss the program, but your program can can suck a lemon. I I need to survive. We all need to survive. I'm nearing because people will keep asking. You know, are you nearing the point where it's like you're calling for Kenny Payne's job after year one? And I I, I said throughout the summer, I keep saying things that I talked about before, but. It, they, they still have bearing on what we're talking about here on January 19th. Yeah, we could have been here at 4 o'clock. We could have. We, we could just do this. We could do one show and just play it five days a week at this point with slight variations. <laughs> just throw in a random 5 o'clock like, goofy hour. I'll read a random list yeah. for like 20 minutes, <laughs> let you talk about wrestling for a little bit. Boom. Show's done. Ooh, I, I, I do want to bring up wrestling later. Okay. I'm, I'm welcome for that distraction. I was going to say, I think for once you probably won't mind. <laughs> I've always, I've always kind of said you can't panic panic's not the word that I, I would say. I would always say you can't judge him too harshly on year one because the roster's not going to look the way that it's going to look moving forward. 
but you can't judge him as a coach, and I think you can judge him as better as a coach when you have a roster that isn't as talented as like we have. Right. And that's something I when said I was, early in the year as well. Beginning the when, when I was saying that throughout the entire offseason, I was thinking if this if this season goes about like last year's, maybe it's unfair to say he's not the guy if we have 13, 14 wins. The fact that we're, I mean, you know, I, I think we people were like, well, what if it's like one or two wins? And it was always like a joke. Right, it was, it, we, oh, are, yeah. we are staring down the barrel of a very serious possibility that we could be two and thirty or three and twenty-nine, and not getting better, not showing much signs of of cohesiveness, not really showing, you know, a, a system that I think can thrive long term, even when you get better talent in here. And I, I'm not sitting here saying that I'm advocating for I'm ready to move on from Kenny Payne after one year. But I am getting closer and closer to like, if Josh Hurd wanted to pull the plug, if we go two and thirty, there's no part of me that wouldn't be a little bit relieved, and who wouldn't be like, I completely understand the move. I, I will scream it to the heavens for the billionth time on the show. This is Louisville basketball, for God's sake. They wouldn't be accepting this at Washington State. They wouldn't be standing for this at DePaul. They, they're not standing for it at Georgetown, and they're better than we are. This is Louisville. Georgetown has been putting up with it for a while, though. They have, but, they, they, I mean, they're pissed. They keep hiring new guys. They keep trying new things. But it doesn't work. But Georgetown, I think, Georgetown still also doesn't have the tradition that Louisville has. They don't. I mean, in, in a month, we're going to celebrate a national championship for a team that was 10 years ago. Not the longest time in the world. No. 10 years ago. No, not long ago. A year after that, we were the, the betting favorites to win a national title. Ago, a year after that, we were in a regional final. A year after that, we were poised to be a three seed in the NCAA tournament before it got taken away. A year after that, we were a two seed in the NCAA tournament. It has not been that. Three years ago, we were number one in the country, and we were poised to be a three or a four seed in the NCAA tournament. There is no excuse for this precipitous of a fall for a program. And it's not like it's not like this is a program that doesn't care about basketball. It's not like we, you know, if Oklahoma gets hot every now and then, goes to a Final Four, wins a national title in basketball, the fan base is still more football. They're going to check out completely when they suck at basketball and not care that much. We care about basketball more than any other area in the entire United States when it comes to the college game. We are number one in ratings. We've been top five in attendance for a billion years. It had been top three up until the last couple of years. Like This community, this area, lives for college basketball. There's never an excuse. I don't care if we were staring the death penalty in the face right now. I don't care if they told us we can only play players that are five foot eight or shorter. There's never an excuse to potentially have a two win season at Louisville. Louisville. What are we talking about here? What are we doing? Talking about Louisville. I mean, I, it, it just blows my mind that some football, people are like, not the baseball, Louisville. <laughs> like, this is a tough time, but. I know it's going to get better. How do you know? I wish I had that confidence. I wish I had that blind optimism right now. All I'm seeing is... I'm going to get two wins worse. I mean, yeah. how do you know it's going... Like, of course it's going to get better. How do you know it's going to get better that, in a direction that sends us in a direction to where we're back? Everybody was saying this was going to be, you know, Louisville basketball is going to be back in three years to win a national title. How do you... I, I can't see this team not playing on the first day of the ACC tournament next year let alone seeing them being an NCAA tournament team, unless we just magically get the be- like the four best transfers that are available in America. And even then, do you have that much confidence in this coaching staff right now to take that talent and turn it into something that's top tier in the ACC good? I don't. 
And I'm just basing off that off watching this team play for the last four months. They're not getting, they've gotten a little bit better. And like I said in November, everybody else gets better too. They haven't gotten improved enough to where they can be even competitive on their home floor with maybe the eighth best team in a down ACC. One of the problems is we haven't got actually, I mean, how much really improvement has there been as a quote team? Not much. Like, like trainers gotten better. Like, I think I just think trainers had a completely lost year last year, but. I mean, what we're seeing from trainers what I thought we'd see last year, and which shows good heart. You've seen Mike James get better. You've seen well, for sure Ellis. I don't think he's really gotten much better, but he's he's he hasn't plateaued. I mean, he's he's doing as well as he can. Curry has taken step back. So again, there's some individual. They're few and far between because I wouldn't include Withers in this. But really, I guess James and Trainer are the only two. Actually, now I think about it, maybe lands a little bit. But the, the again, individual improvement by guys who are probably fourth options on a Final Four team. It's... Uh, At best. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I mean it, trainer's more of a guy probably come off the bench and give you just a hustle guy on a Final Four team. James, I think, could be a third, three, maybe a three option as a senior. I think that's fair. Uh, I mean, I thought Jalen came out and played really well in the first bit of last night's game and then just kind of... Did Jalen things, dribbled off his foot once. And then just, he, just, he loses confidence quickly and... I mean, you can say it's, you know, we, we hear the same thing from Kenny Payne after every game about they've got to get more confident. They've got to understand that they're wearing the Louisville jersey. Well, at some point, like, that that falls on you. you we've He's been here for almost a year now. It, it was He was hired in, mid, in early March, mid-March yeah. of 2022. He's been on the job for 10 months. Like, the fact that we're seeing the, the same talking points and the same, it was bad when we got here, and you know, we're getting head pats from Jeff Capel, who's like, they're going to be better. Like, it was such a bad deal here. They quit last year against us. They didn't quit tonight. It's like, well, they quit last year in that second game. We played. we also beat you last year and only lost by 12, and that was at least on your home floor. You came in here and, and wiped our you know, rear ends by 21. Did, also, did, you know, did you think the capo with them were wearing kind of a mocking version of the Kenny Payne? KP? Okay, so I was going to get to this a little uh, bit later. Okay, okay. I, think it, I thought it was just me that noticed that. No, no, no. When, when we get a little bit lighthearted, because my, <laughs> my new favorite thing, because the – the Kenny Payne Star Trek outfit got brought up a lot last night. And we now have conspiracy theories about the outfit. Because somebody said, sent me a direct message last night. It was like, the pit design looks awfully similar. Yeah, That's a Nike school. If you notice, there's no real logo on the Kenny Payne Star Trek thing. He's like, I think that's a Nike piece of apparel that, that just doesn't have the Nike logo on it. Off. Yeah, and he's like, I think that he's wearing that as some sort of deal with Nike because the you know nobody else wears the same thing. The coaching staff they're dressed in different stuff. They're wearing Adidas stuff. And they're always dressed the same though. The coaches they staff. are besides the, KP the assistants. Yeah, and he's got the the start. And they're like, I think this is some sort of Nike. I'm like, there it is. There's the conspiracy. There he's an undercover agent for Nike. It's like they're like a Motown band or something. Like, but the lead singer in this outfit. The rest of you guys in the background doing harmony. You wear this outfit. It's also like, you know, you don't... You guys look good in gold. I ever told you that? Nike, you don't need this advantage. You're, you're already destroying Adidas. You know, it's, it's like Nixon and Watergate. Like, you don't, you don't need to do it. You're, you're going to win the election anyway. You're way ahead. Stop doing it. Like, you, know, you know Forrest Gump is the one to, to, to solve that? I heard that. <laughs> I heard that. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex line. Uh, text us and then download the Refreshing Rewards app. So easy to do. Open your app store. Search for Thorntons or search for Refreshing Rewards. Download the program. And you will save money every time you get a fuel up at the pump. You'll also, for a limited time, get a free breakfast sandwich and a free drink at any one of the 84,617 Thornton's locations. Hey, one just opened up. 
Oh, thank you. 84,618 yeah. Thornton's locations. Again, limited time. Act now. Download the Freshman Rewards app and then text us at 502-414-1450. I'm glad I wasn't the only one that thought that about the outfit. I almost texted you about it and I was like, eh, maybe, maybe, I'm, just, maybe I'm just seeing things a little bit. We also had the definitive like yakety sacks play last night where Withers throws the ball in, hits Curry. Ugh. L- I like, told you, there's one L stands every there, game. He stands there dumbfounded because he was supposed to be getting the ball and then just doesn't defend and pick his wide-open layup. And I, I responded to my old tweet from 2017-18 with the Pitt team where the guy threw the ball to the player that was inbounds and then he just jumped out of bounds with the ball. And I was like, we're that team now. That's us. That's who we are. How the hell did this happen? I mean, I, and I don't mean to be mean, but like Withers just seems to be involved in almost a lot of these what, what the bleep moments of a game we He have. had... And Curry does too, but Curry is usually the victim of it. Because remember the Lands one on the pick and roll where he's threw it off Curry's head. Yeah, it's going to set the pick and roll. <laughs> it's going to set the pick. I mean, Jalen had no shortage of like he like fifteen options. Could have let the ball go out of bounds. Could have just thrown it to LL standing to his right. Could have held on. Could have could have kept his balance a little bit better. Could have just thrown it back in bounds. Could have thrown it down the floor. And instead, he threw it to Sidney Curry, who's running the other direction. In fairness, Sid probably should have like. Well, he had no reason to turn around. What, what would you think he would? I, I mean, mean, make sure that the, the the play is going in that direction. You should always know where the ball is, and that's just that's just Sydney. I mean, Curry's got to be like, who's, who's going to throw me the ball? Well, I don't dribble. It's just this team. It's just it's it's who they are. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we we'll get some of your all's thoughts on the Thornton sex line. I think TK and I have some r- lingering thoughts as well. It's the Mike Rutherford show. Another let's talk about it Thursday here on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X. Don't worry about this heart of mine. Here comes the guy. No, this Don't is the girl. The opening line is, if you want to leave, it won't make Don't me sad. I'm like, <laughs> I just want to start chuckling. I didn't even think about Speak that. Speak Georgia Tech. I'm letting you go. Because you can't win at home. We just listen to Ace of Base for the rest of the show. <laughs> Do we keep the rapper? <laughs> yes. Where's my guy rapping at here? That's nah, okay. We don't really need to do that. No, Welcome we- back in. Thursday edition of the Rutherford Show rolling on here. On <laughs> I still can't believe there are guys in the group. Not, that guy's got the greatest six-second line that he saw. <laughs> uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. We will, uh, we'll, we'll take some text here in a second. I, I did see, I, I guess I hadn't missed this, Greg Roman out yeah, as the Baltimore that. Ravens he, offensive he coordinator. Resigned. Oh, he did? Yeah, I think that's the, uh, I don't get, I, 
I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not with the Raven fan base. I like Greg Roman as a coach. I think he's a... I think the problem is, is that his system is just not very sexy. I mean, what he I does think and... Th- this is what... But it, it's, 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 it might not be sexy, but damn it, it's successful. I think their stance is, Ravens fans, they're saying the reason why they couldn't sign any big-time wide receivers to help Lamar Jackson out has been the system. They, they don't want to come play in a run-first system. No. You get Roman out, you have a new style... You, you bring Lamar back, hopefully. You can land some big-time wide receivers. You can support him the way that, that the Eagles supported Jalen Hurts, and you can start getting those types of results on offense. That's that's where they're coming well, from. Well, here's the thing. The Eagles have led the league in rushing the last two years in a row. Right. They're, 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 they run the ball as much, if not more, than the Ravens do. I mean, they can draft a court. They can draft a wide receiver, too, if they want. They decided, and probably wisely so, not to keep you know Hollywood Brown and traded him and let, you know, they didn't want to give him the big money deal, which I really think, can't, again, I can't blame him for that, but you can always just draft him. And they've tried. They took the kid out of Minnesota who showed some flashes, Rashad Bateman, and now, but he's been injured all year this year. I mean, it's just, they have had some bad luck at the, at the wide receiver position. Um, I don't think it's, that's stretching for straws there if you're Ravens fans saying that. Again, I know his offense isn't going to be wide open, spread it out. But it does put up points. It does put up some. It can put up some uh, yards. And again, it has been successful nearly everywhere he's been. I mean, let's not forget that was the Buffalo team that went to the. Play- I think Eric Wood was on that team that finally went to the playoffs mm-hmm. for the first time in twenty years with Tyrod Taylor and Lashawn McCoy and company. That's Greg Roman, his offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Now they end up letting him go and wiping off the whole team because they wanted to rebuild it. But that's no here or there. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'd like. I think it'd be good for both all parties concerned. If- Lamar wound up being able to stay in Baltimore if they were able to mend those fences, but we'll see. I mean, it's not. I think it's just all about money. Lamar's just saying, "Hey, look, if they're going to give Kyrie, Mil- Kyrie you know, uh, Murray, whatever his name is, because he sucks, two hundred million, then I should yeah. two hundred million. Yeah, they, they came to him with one hundred thirty-three mil guaranteed, yeah. and that's so much. And it's not just Kyler Murray; they like Deshaun Watson too, who has Watson- some. Off the field troubles that uh, Lamar has he, not had. You're right. I mean, he, now he's been much successful on the field though than Murray has, or I don't. I wouldn't say. I don't want to say Lamar has. He's not been more successful on the field than Lamar has. Lamar is an MVP of the league. He does have the MVP award. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and yeah, it's the stats don't bear any of that out. I, I think that that's where Lamar is coming from. That's the if you're gonna if you're gonna give them good, guaranteed money and you're not gonna give me that same type of guaranteed yeah. money, what are we doing here? 502-414-1450. We'll get back into the Louisville basketball discussion, unfortunately, and see what you guys had to say. Um, I mean, we have – I can already tell you right now, we're not going to be able to get to all the texts. We're going to get to as many as we can, but – Can we just read text the rest of the show? Sure. People are upset. talk about AEW. It's your, it's your all show, too. We, we want to hear from you. Uh, Texter says – this was before the show started. Are you going to talk about the Blankenbaker rant this morning? Is it just me or is he incredibly soft? The caller made a terrible analogy – but I don't feel like they were attacking Mark or his child. I've got no idea what what this is about. I mean, is Mark still being overly positive? He's he's no no he's 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 not. He's turned to the dark side. I don't know if he's turned to the dark side. I think he's just he's Mark, willing to. Mark's pretty pretty homerous. I mean, he can be, and I'm just saying he he's always going to look for the positive and everything. I think more than anything, more than most. I don't hear him on the the radio enough to I don't to either. say it, this. I, I just know him from what he tweets and um, his work on the website, the Crunch Zone. Like, I. I know that just his tweets have been realistic uh, about where we are. Like yesterday, he tweeted out the the Ken Palm ranking about us being the worst powered five team in the history of Ken Palm at the moment. Like he's he's not trying to be like, yeah, hey, everything's it's, fine. It's, yeah, it's hard to find silver lining. 
it's one thing looking for silver linings at this point last season when you would still be difficult to do. This season is just like, I mean, it's, which I think a lot it's of like people a version of Bordello talking about happening. at the beginning of the show when I was talking about things that I hear locally that kind of blow my mind when you're looking at this season and everybody nationally is like this. How the hell is this even possible? Is people will say things like, you know, well, it didn't work with Chris Mack. We had some down years with Patino. Late Crumb wasn't great. It like you are comparing not just apples to oranges. You are comparing apples to a buffalo chicken pizza. There, there is nothing similar. Sounds good about what we're going through right now that has ever happened in any season of Louisville basketball that any of us have ever lived through before. Even like the two and fourteen forty one season, you could say, well, they won two, but they only played sixteen. Like this is this is so different than last year. Again. I made you guess the Ken Palm ranking for last year's team, and you were like two something. It was 127, yeah. and that was easily the lowest we've ever been on Ken Palm since the website started in 2001, 2002, which was Rick Pitino's first season. This is like we aren't within shouting distance of the next worst team in the history of this program. Don't say like, "Well, you guys gave Mac time." You guys get nothing like this is ever. And people were like, "Well, people were patient with Chris Mack." Or Chris Mack made the NCAA tournament in his first year. He was number one in the country his second year. Of course, we were we weren't just patient. We were happy with what he was doing in years one and two. Yeah. It wasn't until late, it wasn't until we missed the NCAA tournament basically in his third season that people started to get a little bit upset with the way things were going. And then last year was obviously a, I mean, we thought was the biggest disaster of all time. And then now we're sitting here at two and seventeen, and like last year's team would have beaten this year's team by twenty. They would have been Pitt last night, and we would have been Louisville. I just. You can't lump this in with other bad things that have happened historically in this program. This sits on an island by itself. We've never, ever, ever been this bad at everything in a in, in a Louisville basketball season. You can't lump us in with the Martian. Our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. People are like, well, Rick Pitino's first season, people weren't freaking out there. We won 19 games. We almost went to the NCAA tournament with a team that was, by the way, he had no chance to overhaul that roster. He didn't bring in a five-star transfer from Tennessee. He didn't bring in a late four-star recruit. The only new guys that he brought in. Like Prelude Davis. The only new guys that he brought in that season that were supposed to change the program were guys who were already committed, Brandon Bender and Carlos Hurt. And he kicked them off the team before we got to the second semester. Yeah. like And that team damn near made the NCAA tournament. It, it, yeah. You are that's team lost the temple, right? Lost the temple in the NIT. The, the ice skating game. Lynn Greer, yeah, the yeah, it was I actually gave up tickets to Pacers and uh, Thunder to go to that game. People were excited about that because yeah. it was such a and, and the style of play was so exciting. We we looked like we were more in shape than we had been in recent years. We were pressing, we were forcing turnovers, we were playing up tempo. Reese Gaines was emerging as a star. Like it was just it, it was nothing, nothing compared to what we're seeing right now. Text at what point do we just cut our losses and move on? And that's the question we're going to get a million times between now and the end of the season. And I think if you, all we can do is base our opinions off of what we've heard publicly at this point, because the basketball program is so tight lipped these days. Josh Hurd voiced his support for Kenny Payne and did so emphatically just a couple of weeks ago. I, I think if they lose out, Kenny Payne's still your coach next year. I don't think that he's cutting time. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I, yeah, I would be. I, I'm trying to think of the word. I don't want to say it. I'd be shocked if they did. And I'm surprised, but not shocked. Maybe I don't know. Like, like is, I'm not gonna like drop to the ground and like out of like total blown away if they did it. But if they did what? What, what are you fire saying? Kenny Payne? Yeah, but I don't expect it. 
I, I stand by what I've been saying this whole time, which is I think the only way that Kenny Payne's not your head coach next year is if Kenny Payne decides not to be the head coach. If Kenny Payne walks away after one year, I mean, he's just basically saying, I don't want to be head coach anywhere, right? Yeah. Because like, no one's probably going to really give him another. And I'll be perfectly honest, soon. if I'm Kenny Payne, I, I don't know what his mindset, I don't know how much this is really and truly bothering him, but if if the stories are true about he was hesitant to take this job and he mm-hmm. kind of liked his life before and he had to be talked into it, like I wouldn't blame him if he's like this sucks <laughs> like, like like this is not fun Let me. i can be the number two at i was the number two with like the knicks and i've got great connections i can work behind the scenes i don't have to be the guy in front and i can still be paid very handsomely that's not a bad life it, you know the, the life of a backup quarterback can be pretty luxurious if you're in the right spot and you've been doing it well for for a long enough period of time like if you chose to go that route i'd be surprised i don't think it's going to happen don't get me wrong but i wouldn't blame him if he's like this is this is not there's no part of this that's fun are we have are, are we ready to accept the conspiracy theory that kenny took this job just so he can transfer his son over here and get his kid playing time if he was playing more maybe play more than he should he played five minutes last <laughs> night he had a he had a rebound and tried to put it i almost had a basket he did not have a rebound. He had. Oh, a, was it not a rebound he got? Official stat line is 0 for 1 from the field and nothing else. Was that a pass on the baseline? I guess he took. I thought it was a rebound. I, I wanted know. him to score. When Zan gets in, like, I, I well, feel bad. You, the only chance he had was a little pump fake under the basket and he missed it. I feel bad because you know that he knows. Like, everybody watching the game is thinking the same thing. I'm thinking the same. I'm like, why? Why is this happening? So I root for him. Like, I, I want him to score. I want him to do something great because. I'm sure he's a fantastic kid. He plays hard, so he I'm not. Does. He, he got on the floor try. for a, a loose ball last night. Like uh, at this point, with us being two and seventeen, I'm gonna find more fault in the players who have more talent who aren't giving it 100 percent than I am with a guy like Zan or a guy like Hersey because look, they're not they're not putting themselves into the game. They're not the ones who are giving themselves playing time. All they can can control is how hard they play, and they play hard. Um, Speaking of getting playing time, four minutes from Ree. Yeah. I almost I had to do a double take and rewind when I thought when I saw number zero on the court last night didn't go great. No, he I, I don't. He says he missed two shots. I only saw him miss the one. But I'm, again, I was kind of I guess I was kind of brain farted out when he came in. Didn't notice he was in the game until he took that what would would have been his second shot because he came out the very next play. Yeah, missed two threes. Was... I mean, I don't blame him chucking it up though. As soon as he gets in there, when he's in, he's gonna get his shots up. I mean, and not I don't as well. Texture says. What's the frequency, Kenneth? I'm starting to wonder if there is one, at least not when it comes to winning. I saw him reference there. Texas, it blows my mind how some can offer excuses for pain like the players are awful. He never speaks on X's and O's, and there is nary a single reference to any player development or any pregame strategy. He is still acting like an assistant coach. I think he has brought up X's and O's occasionally in those games. Occasionally. Yeah. I think the lack of in-depth talk about what's going wrong does add some fear for the fan base, some uncertainty. Like if if you could specifically pinpoint why things aren't getting better as opposed to just, you know, they gotta play with more passion. They they, they gotta trash talk more. They gotta like, it's just it's all these broad things. That well I think like a lot of it stuff. is I mean, unfortunately, I mean they meant I think mentally is it's is a huge key in this point in the season right now. And the way this team hasn't progressed. Just just constantly making just dumb mental mistakes. Yeah, but like, isn't that partly on the coachings? I did not say it wasn't. Like, get them out. If if if, if these guys are going to do all these things, if they're not doing like his constant complaints about what the players aren't doing that he's asking them to, do, then take them out of the game. Play play your son forty I'm minutes. Not, I'm not going to debate that. <clears throat> like, 
He says the I same thing this, all the time, and nothing ever changes. Not, nothing changes. Like, if you're upset with the effort that Jalen Withers is giving or Brand Huntley Hatfield's giving, like he said, don't play him. Like, I, I just mentioned, like, we thought our only path to being really good right out of the gate with Rick Patino was Carlos Hurt being a top five point guard recruit, Brandon Bender being the best local big man to come out of here in a long time. And when they weren't doing what he wanted them to do, he kicked them off the damn team. Yeah. And we were better when they left. Like, if, you, if these kids aren't doing what you want them to do consistently, and we're here. We've got a month and a half left to see. We got seven weeks left to play. Nobody's going to notice if you lose a game by thirty that you would have lost by twenty-five if you'd played played Jalen Withers or Brandon Huntley Hatfield. If they're not doing what you tell them to do, bench them. I'm I'm not arguing with you. I just don't understand why like, it's the same bleep all the time. I mean, he says that they, they don't understand this is Louisville. The name across their chest, and then put somebody in there that does exactly. But play Zan and Hersey forty minutes. I mean, do it. Put Reed in there for thirty-five. I, I mean, I know I'm, I, I'm not trying to be like a Reed Homer or anything. I'm just saying he's just one guy I haven't seen yet, bro. You I love know Devin Reed. I do. You think you you think that he's the solution to all the problems? You think if we were playing Devin Reed forty minutes a game, we'd be in the tournament? I invited him to my birthday party. Let's get him on the show. <laughs> I mean, but he's the backup quarterback. I, I just like you said, I have no idea who this kid can do. Maybe he does suck worse than anything we have out there. How am I supposed to know that? Texture says, have we, have we ever seen man-children quite like Eve's Purvis and Beard? What do they do now? What, what, what's, I don't, know, what uh, they, I don't know if that's just a general comment or if there's something else going on. I, I, don't, I don't know. Texas listening to the post-game shows and the morning radio shows. This was absolutely a breaking point. Everyone I've heard is openly calling for KP to be gone after this year now. I mean, I don't know how this one game was suddenly the, the straw that broke the camel's back. But yeah, I mean, all I can I mean, speak I guess for— it could be, but I don't know how. I mean, what— All know. I can speak to is our show, what I see on the website, what people send me on, on Twitter. And I think that— I haven't noticed a drastic change, a drastic increase from last night to this morning, this afternoon. In like, I mean, our text line has been pretty consistent. And granted, the people who are going to take the time to text a radio show are typically the most passionate and a lot of times the most upset. Like, like you get fans will text in when they're happy. They're far more often to text in when they're upset. It's like leaving a review for someplace. Why do you think everything on the news is negative and <laughs> brings ratings? But it's like if you're a, a Yelp person. You're unless you just take yourself way too seriously. You're probably only going to leave a review if you've had a really bad experience or like the the best experience of all time. But more times than not, like you get an unbalanced sort sense of a place because you know, people, you, you know, you're only going to speak yeah. up if it's a bad experience. Yeah, and I think that's what the same thing. Going, hey, this, yeah, I went to that Arby's. It was decent. And so I think that's the same thing that you're getting right now with the Kenny Payne stuff. It, it, like maybe there is more of it today than there was last night. I mean, certainly nothing happened last night that was going to alleviate any of the Mm-mm. upset people that were out there, any of the the fears that people have for the future of the program. But as far as it being like a a breaking point, why this game as opposed to a billion others this year? I mean, is it just because you think Pittsburgh's not as good as I mean, and I'm not saying they're awesome, but I mean they're. Again, we've established they're an average team. They're a team that's probably going to, they can probably legitimately win 18 games. Yeah. I mean, when you look at, we're 0 8 in the ACC now. And I, like I said, I, I don't think we've gotten to, I think the toughest part of our schedule is the end of our schedule. And it's a, it's an ACC that's not like, this may be the worst the conference has been since we've been in it. Last year, it wasn't great. They made up for that by being good in the tournament. I mean, it's pretty similar to last year, wouldn't you say? I mean, it, it's similar. North, North Carolina's being media, looking average, but are better than they should be. And 
Miami's probably the best. Well, I don't think team. they're better than they should be. They were preseason number one. Well, I mean, well, they're better than they should be with the record shows right now. I'm sure. You, you mean you think they're they're better than than twelve and eight? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and I think they were probably better than when they were twelve and eight probably this time last year. Yeah. I mean, you I, saw that in Miami. I think now Duke is taking. I think a little bit, but with the, with the coaching, they're changes. not great. My my point is, it's not the way it was. If we'd had this team in the first six years that we were in the conference, the first couple of years, especially, it'd yeah. be even worse. Like like, we, like you look at who we've played in in the league. Miami, I think is is good. You know how I feel about them. I think they're safely going to be in the NCAA tournament. Florida State, who beat us by twenty two, is bad. Bad. Yeah. NC State. They were good four or five years ago, obviously. Three years ago, two years ago. I'm talking about just, just this season, Trev. Okay. NC State is a bubble team. I think they probably make the NCAA tournament, but it's not a certainty. Bad. Syracuse, I don't think is going to make the NCAA tournament. No. Wake is a bubble team. I think they probably don't make the NCAA tournament. I don't think Clemson, so. I think, winds up making it, but barely. Carolina, I think, will get right and make the NCAA tournament. Pitt, I don't think, is going to make the NCAA tournament. Those are the teams that we've played. Like, there's not a, besides Miami, there's not a guaranteed tournament team, and I guess if you want to lump North Carolina in there, if you believe in them enough, there's not a guaranteed North uh, tournament team that we face right now in the ACC outside of two teams. And we've played eight games, and the next four are against bad teams. Then we play Pitt again. Like it's just, it makes it even worse. And I think that's why the analytical rankings are are so harsh on us. Is the ACC is not that great? Like, yeah. like losing to 21 by 21 to Pitt on your home floor. It'd be one thing if it was like the first year we played in the Big East, which we even didn't even do then. But this is this is not that. And Kelly Dickey pointed out last night, not only is our strength of schedule not great relative to to past years, we've now lost twenty games or eight games by twenty points or more for the first time in the history of the program. Had never happened before. We've been playing basketball for one hundred and ten years. Had never lost eight games by twenty points or more, and we've done it before we even get to late January. I mean, this is this is a pit team who, while overachieving, the the amount the, the they the, and the way they beat us, the only other teams they've played this year that they, they've done that to and won in that manner, North Florida, Sacred Heart, William and Mary, and Fairleigh Dickerson. Trevor, I got bad news for you. Those teams are all better than us. I know, I'm just saying that's that's, that's that's who we are right that's now. That's where we are. I mean, how Dickinson are we? Eh? <laughs> I mean, fairly. They, I mean, this is a team that again they 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 upset Virginia by three. They beat North Carolina by two. They, they winning games in single digits, except for I mean, the Michigan beat them by thirty. You know, but somebody else beat them bad at the beginning of the season. Uh, Michigan beat them by thirty, and then they lost. VMI beat or Virginia Commonwealth beat them by four. Somebody else beat them bad. Do you have a schedule in front of you? Yeah. Um. No, not real bad. They, they, yeah, West Virginia killed them. Early in the oh, year. you're right. I don't know how to overlook that. Yeah. yeah, and West Virginia is not very good. Yeah, that was that was yeah they yeah they lost West Virginia and uh, Michigan by both by thirty points yeah. almost. So and then turn around and beat Alabama State, which is the probably the level we're in. Alabama State is. I think we're better than Alabama State probably. I, I really I mean, maybe they're God, five and thirteen. It's probably it's probably a toss up. Good what if they played anybody we played? Who cares? other than Pittsburgh? <laughs> no, they kept it closer than we did. Well, they lost by thirty six to Georgia Tech. Okay, well, that's that makes me feel better. <laughs> I mean, let's take a break when we come back. Glad I could help. I think we read five texts and we got like seventeen more while that was happening. So we, we're it's going to be that kind of show. You, you know how it is. Maybe it is a breaking point. Maybe people are, are more upset now, or the their level of anger increased more than I was giving it credit for at the beginning of the show. We'll hear from you. Uh, if you have thoughts, let us know. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. We'll soldier on in hour number two, right here on fourteen fifty. The Big X.
lot to see, I don't mind. As we seek, so shall we find. And when you're feeling old, I'll still be here. But now without a certain degree of fear, I'll what will be? You and KP, we still <laughs> see things so funny. Oh, yeah. Why you wanna turn the ball What yeah. movie is mocked in this video? I cannot remember the video at all. There's was it, the video? Is this the one where it's got like the the handsome guy singing and, and John Popper's in the he's back? Doing, he's doing the, doing the vocals. The yeah. Back, yeah. And there's I the, didn't know that was mocking a movie. Well, it's, I don't want to say that's the mocking. It's the the people trying to get in the movie is is kind of a mocking of something. I don't want to say mocking, but a trying to get into a movie, get into the concert, the group of people. The whole the, the concept is these people are trying to get into this concert. And they're all dressed like Wizard of Oz characters. So it's the Wizard of Oz? Yeah, there's like a guy that looks like a scarecrow. and the guy Oh, that, did not know that. Yeah, and the hot girl with the, the ruby sweat, the ruby shoes. I remember the Wizard of Oz being, was it like an allegory for the Great Depression or something? I remember having to write a whole paper on it in high school, and I forgot. Really? Didn't Wizard of Oz, well, when like, it, when it, came, it, was, it was a book that was written was in like the first. 30s, right? Or right, because the... the uh, when we came out in the 40s. The Wizard is supposed to be like Woodrow Wilson or something. I, I Again, I'm... People are listening, like pulling, like, "Oh my God, you're so wrong." I, I don't remember. It was like a, I was like a 15 year old high school sophomore. Well, then what was what was the what was the word you used to describe it? Allegory. What was the allegory for the Wiz? What do you mean the <laughs> musical? Yeah, the, the, the spinoff of the. I think it's just a musical about the Wizard of Oz. Okay, <laughs> Diana Ross, the Michael Jacksons. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if, five, that was, if that was the pre- Great Depression, I'm just curious. What was the whistle? I think it's just based on the movie <laughs> slash book. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Stacks line. People are Mad, upset. upset. You, you're talking about turning the ball over right there. That's another thing about you know, at the beginning of the season, it was like there's no way this assist to turnover ratio can possibly be this bad. We <laughs> and last night, six uh, six assists, 17 turnovers. It's It looked eerily similar to just about every game we've seen this season outside of Western Kentucky. Have we had a game under 10 turnovers? I don't think so. I don't think we have either. I can double check, but I'm almost positive we haven't. We've done this exercise before where we've looked at like the, the turnover numbers, and it's, it, it's, it's bad. We now, after last night's game, we are back to 363rd in the country in non-steal turnover rate. Oh, we've had one game where we had less than 10 turnovers. Florida and M? Lipscomb. Oh, Lipscomb. And we, we lost by eight to a bad team. <laughs> we actually had more. We had, had 10 assists and nine turnovers in that game. Our our turnover right now overall is 357th in the country. And we I regret to inform you, we were 362 yesterday in non-steal turnover rate. We now are back to 363, which is dead last in America. I take back my smack talking from McNeese State. Uh, you guys are better than us at, at yeah. non-steal turnovers. Stop Joe Dumars. I'm so sorry, Coach Aiken. We uh, Coach Aiken. our apologies. <laughs> we regret the uh, the comments that were made on the show yesterday, and we we understand uh, that you are. We're happy, Clay Aiken. He's coaching McNeese State. <laughs> he just changed his name. Invisible was a great song. If I was invisible, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. What was the name of the guy that, that beat uh, the one that I want to be a BJ that beat Dave Holmes, but Dave Holmes ended up getting the job because he was better. Jesse, Jesse, because I always I always mix Jesse and Clay Aiken. I always like I was I, very my, different people, but in my could mind, not be more different. But in my mind, they looked alike. They <laughs> no. Jesse would look like the scarecrow guy from Wizard of Oz, but stoned. Right? They were both frail. That's about it. Yeah, Jesse. Yeah, it was yeah, just weird. 
<laughs> you could tell the MTV people didn't want him to win either. Oh, they were like, this guy's going to be a disaster. But he was so weird, people were like, let's vote for him. That's the thing when, when TV execs do this type of shows where they're like, we're going to let the people vote the winner. We They will always pick the wrong person. Well, yeah, it's funny. It's usually the person that comes in second or third is always the best suited for the job. I don't have your best interest in mind. I want the funniest person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I watched them do it in WB Tough Enough for like six straight years. Texture says, and this is a perfect segue, to avoid talking about the game, what are your go-to pizza places? Maybe not the best in town, but your default pizza. I mean, I'm a lazy Papa John's Domino's guy, most often than not, to be cheap. But if I got to pick, I, 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 I'm, I'm a big fan of Bear Nose and Wicks. I, see, style. I was going to say, we, we kind of go in cycles. If we're doing local, we have Wicks close to us that delivers, so we, yeah. I, I like that Wicks, Wicks a lot. Good. We've been big on Jets recently if we're doing mm. like chain pizza, which I like. Um, but we, you know, do a little dominoes every now and then. Yeah. I mean, I try, I, I feel like pizza's changed. Like it's not, it didn't pizza taste, sucks. Yeah. And it, it, they close a little earlier than the others and they're kind of more expensive than Papa John's and pizza. I mean, dominoes a little bit. Are so. they really? It's, they, it's like cardboard. I know. They're, I think Advertise they're, with us, Pizza Hut. So. We got spots. <laughs> we'll stop saying bad things about you. Only I mean, I'll, I'll eat a cheese crust, stuffed crust pizza if you want to bring me one. I mean, but yeah, those, those, the, the three, I'm, I'm more often than not Papa John's. She's my kind of go-to. So the, the big topic that we've had about this this game, which is depressing now that I'm, thinking, back to I'm thinking about saying it out loud, is whether or not this was sort of a, a breaking point for the fan base that was already upset but now seems to be just over the hills with the this is beyond reprehensible, get rid of Kenny Payne. For whatever reason, last night's game seems to have pushed some people to the brink. And, and maybe I was, just based on what I'm seeing from the text line, misjudging how – how much it got amped up after losing to Pitt last night by 21. And a texter says, I think the anger from this game stems from what you said about the little progress that we saw seeming to have evaporated and the fact that we have owned Pitt since the Big East days, so we expect to beat Pitt, especially at home. This, I mean, the, the, the second part, part of that, I, I don't know how. I, yeah. y- you can't, I mean, y- you can't take, like we said yesterday, you, you can't take any historical thing. And we were 10-point underdogs in yesterday's game for a reason, at home. And it's a pit team. If you want to say that this pit team is average and this shouldn't be just by 21, I totally agree. But if you're basing this on the fact that we have had never lost them inside our own building, I get that it sucks. But once again, you cannot compare anything from the past to this year's team, to what we're seeing right now. And the first part I, I do think is gaining more and more credence here with me. Yeah, I think it, and it's, it is true because, I mean, that was the one thing we were trying to be optimistic on it led to me guaranteeing a win against North Carolina. Is that, you know, watching us show... I told you not to do that. I know you did. I know. I mean, it's like, it's like growing up again. Don't 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 put that in your mouth. Don't well, grab that. I guess that. this is growing up. More than, don't do more than two shakes. You know, I, 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 <laughs> I know. I've heard all the warnings. I've ignored them all. <laughs> all that in the same day, by the way. Uh, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, we saw the Clemson game. We, we looked like against the... I mean, again, Clemson, I think, is a tournament team. It's a, a veteran team, very smart team, a, a, a sneaky athletic team. But a lot of white guys. <laughs> well, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> Come on, man. And it, you saw the NC State. I mean, again, the things that led to me believing that we were maybe ready to kind of get that over the hump, not consistently over the hump, but get over the hump at least once, and then we'll fall back down, then we can climb back up. But, we, we didn't even get near the top of the mountain. Like, we got, like, halfway up, and we're like, screw it, and just just roll back down on our own. Yep. And it's just... It's... Texas, are we the best two-win team in the country? Well, <laughs> there's only four. 
it's us, it's Elon, it's Green Bay. Surprisingly, that's a program that has a relatively proud Tony history. Bennett played there, yeah. And um, who's the other one? Um, Hartford. LIU. Oh, what about Hartford? Hartford has four wins. Monmouth has one. Monmouth, another program that was good. Something recently. tells me that bench is not being as excited as normal. <laughs> Uh, I mean, and, and Mississippi Valley State, they're the other two. They're two and eighteen. Sorry, uh, Delta Devils. Yes, Jerry Rice. I State. think we are the best two win team in America. Here's the sad thing: is that we keep talking about like this in, in Louisville's history. We're bordering on like worst Power Five team in history. I just, I said that we are as of right now. We are. Yeah, I mean, we can almost move. Just yeah, Power Six. Yeah, Power Six. Whatever. I mean, I don't even know if you can. Hell, you could include some other even the other my other conferences maybe as of right now we are the worst power six conference team in the history of college basketball because not by just record by the way we've lost every game too yeah the analytical rankings have us lower than they have ever have any team from a power conference at this point in the season if we win a game obviously that that changes and for the, the question that i saw earlier are you still guaranteeing we're winning a game in conference play i'm still guaranteeing that that's that guarantee is still out there we're not losing out but if we don't then we will have a very strong case of being the worst power conference team in the history of this sport. It doesn't help when you want to defend Kenny Payne. I'm trying to trying to be very patient with the man. I really am. But, again, Scott Drew won like 10 games with a team on Baylor that was on probation, had everybody kicked off the team. Couldn't give scholarships. Couldn't play on TV. Couldn't, couldn't play, play non-conference no. games. Still he, managed to win games. And he went, I think, what, 8 to 10 games. I, want, they made, I don't think they went 10 they won 8. Still, that's just a lot more competitive. Tom Crean, I won what seven games, six games in his first year. Six, yeah, yeah. I mean, with a bunch of walk-ons. Yeah, a, a guy that they found playing pickup ball. Who then right after he was done, he ended up going back to prison. It was like they're watching the replacements meet basketball. And to your point, I mean, we keep hearing about Kenny Payne saying these guys, these kids have been through so much. Jeff Capel said it last night. These kids have been through a lot. Baylor had had a player kill another player. And then they, and their coaching staff yeah. be involved in trying to pretty it up and get there were arrests made like and they still found a way to turn it around more than we've been. I don't know exactly what these references are to what they've been through outside of just having a bad season last year and you know coaches going back and forth. I know that there was some fighting behind the scenes last year. Whatever nah. whatever the worst of the worst was last season, it does not compare to having one of your teammates murder another one of your teammates. I'm close. And yet that Baylor team wound up being better than we were. Yeah. No, nah, nah, I mean, some people say Scott Drew's a better coach. And I don't think anybody's really going to argue against that. But still, I mean, he, nobody's going to say Tom. No one, not, I mean, not many people are going to defend Tom Green. And he still did a damn good job. And their team, they knew wasn't going to the tournament. Yeah. They were on probation. Texas, we have six top 150 kids in the roster. What are these people talking about? I get the recruiting rankings aren't everything. But like I said yesterday, unless the scouts just missed on everyone on this team <laughs> you can't sit here and say you can 100% say the talent of this roster is not up to Louisville standards because it's not no, but it's almost as talented as last year's team but you can say it's more talented than a 2-17 and 17 team oh, there's no, is and it, I don't think there's a debate about that is this team not as I mean compared to last year's team which won 13 games overall was last year's team really that much more talented on, pay, on, on paper than this team I mean barely I don't even And know we got rid is. of the guys that everybody wanted to get rid of. All the people that thought, every fan that thought certain players were the problem with last year's team, they're all gone. 
I mean, who, who got replaced to you? I guess you'd say James replaced. Uh, well, people thought Malik Williams was you know, the the bad egg, and he was the terrible leader, and he's gone. And he did Noah Locke, he, he shot too much, didn't play well enough on defense. He's gone. Sam Williamson didn't play hard enough. He's gone. Dre Davis is a limited player. He's not for this level. He plays hard, but he's a tweener. He was gone. By the way, his brother's starting now for Seton Hall, who's way better than we are. And we kept the guys that people wanted to keep, and we added a five-star talent in Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. We added a four-star recruit in Devin Ree. We brought in, I guess, Fabio Basili was a late-time addition. Again, three-star player, not a top-150 guy. But if you want to say this team is less talented than last year's, I can agree with that. But the drop-off should not be 13 games to two games. It should not be 127 on Ken Palm to 290 I mean, I accept that you, if you argue last year's more talented. I just don't think the gap is that big, though, if you do. But, I mean, all the same people now who are saying that this year's team is so much more limited than last year's team were the same ones saying we had to get rid of those guys to make this team better in Kenny Payne's first season. They're the same people who are saying if you think this is going to look anything like last year's, you're a moron. You don't know basketball. What are you doing? And the reality is we're not just – we are light years beyond behind where we were last year. Oh, yeah. And last year, we thought, you and I both agreed that was, we thought that was the worst team of our lifetime. And I, I was hoping it would never get that bad again, and it's somehow gotten worse. Texture says, hell, forget trying to find a college football equivalent to this team. Can you even think of a college basketball equivalent? No. And somebody I was direct messaging with last year was like, think about the, the best programs in college basketball right now, the group that Louisville is included with. Besides Indiana and that Korean season, which we, again, they won six games. They were more competitive in the Big Ten that year than we have been in the ACC so far. Programs have had down years. They've they've never had anything like this. I mean, Kentucky, went, we, it was unfathomable to us that Kentucky can win nine games in the COVID year. That team still, they, like, they had hope of making a run in the SEC tournament. It wound up being you know, misplaced hope. But they, were, mm-hmm. like, they, they beat good teams in the SEC. They were competitive in their losses. In the, they just lost a bunch of games on crazy shots against good teams, not teams like App State and Bellarmine and Wright State. Like they were that team, which we thought was you know, point and laugh, ha ha ha, was certainly better than than this team that we have right now. I mean, it's seven more wins right off the bat. The worst Duke and Carolina teams of our lifetimes have not been within shouting distance of this team. No, the worst Duke you North Carolina team would have been what the Doherty team, I think, that went like they won like 13, 14 games. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. And then the exact same team basically won a national title two years later with Roy Williams. Yeah, I mean, Duke's had NIT teams or teams that haven't made the NCAA tournament, but they've all been, you know, 13, 14, 15 win teams. Yeah, no single digits, especially. UNC, UNC's worst team was 8 and 20. When were they 8 and 20? Um, not the Doherty year. Was it, was it the Doherty year? Their worst team was 8 and 20. Oh, well, I didn't know. The text line's blowing up with that set. I didn't know he went that bad. Okay. I think, I thought he went like 13 and 18 or something. 2001, 2002. They were 8 and 20. That was, yeah. They were 4 and 12 in the ACC. I didn't realize they were that bad either. I, I blocked that out. I guess I was. Which, again, like. Yeah, I'd get, I'd get three. I'd get three toes on my left foot right now for four ACC wins. Yeah, they won. They won 33% of their conference game. I mean, we lose by I guess thirty. Opposed to us, we lose by thirty-three in every conference that. game. <laughs> What's four out of sixteen? It's twenty-five percent. They win twenty-five percent of the conference games, which that's, we still could theoretically do. Let's say we win three out of the next four. It could happen. That's less than twenty-five percent, isn't it? Four out of sixteen. Yeah, because four out of twelve is twenty-five. percent Four times four is one fourth is twenty-five percent. Four times four is sixteen. Okay. Hey, I'm not great at math, but I feel pretty confident hey, about that one. I'm, you're the one who got the paid education, okay? <laughs> um, 
Texas says if Louisville drops the next four winnable games, it's over for pain at the end of the season. Losing money galore if they bring back Star Trek pain. <laughs> Let's not call them that. STP. <laughs> if they lose the next four, Captain Pain. Like I'm. If you can't notice, I'm not happy with the way that things are right now. If they lose the next four, I, well, I think guaranteed Boston College. I didn't guarantee anything. I, I guaranteed a win. Well, I'm okay. not guaranteed Boston College. I'm not going to pick us to beat Boston College. I, I I guaranteed a win before the end of the season, and I I stand by that guarantee. They're they're going to win at least one more game. But if they don't win one of the next four, why don't you be broad with your your, your guarantee? We've had this conversation like seven times. I could have swore you picked Boston College win. You remember a lot of things that just did not. Text happen. line, help me out on this one. I mean, yeah, Trevor, you just play the show from two days ago when we had this discussion. Uh, I wanted to. You're like, no, we're going to do a live show. BC, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, Florida State. They should win. They should win one of those games. I, I think. I think they're going to beat Georgia Tech at home. We both thought they were going to beat BC like a week ago. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. And then the other game that I think I, I looked at was oh the Clemson return game. That's the one that I feel confident about, which I feel much less confident about now than I did. Going into North Carolina, I picked us to beat North Carolina. I picked us to win at Boston College. I picked us to beat Clemson and then beat, I think, Virginia Tech. Yeah, you had somebody that was like relatively okay. Virginia Tech's not that great, but they're... I think Clemson was my, my somewhat big win, I guess, that was the that was the four wins I picked us to have, and turns out apparently I was just still hung over from the night before. Texas, I've got a, a shirt idea: Danny Manning's head on Jeff Brom's body, and the shirt says "Nap Time Between the Whistles." Thoughts? <laughs> Danny was trying to get fired up last night. He was up a few times off the bench. He was trying. <laughs> Texas says, "Trevor, I just thought I'd let you know I'm chowing down on some Arby's and listening to the show." Greek Euro with some jalapeno poppers, and of course, I gotta have the uh, Jamocha shake for dessert. I mean, I've never had the Jamocha shake at Arby's. It surprises me. I, it surprises me too. I need to try one. I, I would like it. I like Jamocha. Texas, we got breaking news, Mike. We just picked up a new player. So, I mean, but we can't prove it because he has no internet access. Uh, was it Emmanuel? Is it going to be the Okafor? Okafor. Emmanuel Okafor. Yeah, he's got eligibility. He does. There, there it is. The kid from UConn. That's a Mecca. No. Emmanuel Okafor is joining the roster for this season. Uh, 6'9 prospect from Nigeria. Be able to compete immediately. Kenny Payne had this to say. We're fortunate to have one of the premier players coming out of NBA Africa to be a part of what we're doing here at the University of Louisville. Emmanuel is one of the bright stars coming out of NBA Africa. He's versatile, strong, a great rebounder, and excellent running the floor. We're blessed to have him. The global impact of what NBA Africa is doing to go out and target the young bright stars of the continent of Africa and bring them into their facility is vital not only to the continent, but to the world. It's great for our program to be connected to the work they're doing. Hot damn it, we're going to win the ACC tournament. Oh, thank goodness. Hot damn, we're back. I'm so glad this guy, this poor kid in South Africa has probably just seen clips from us like four years ago, has no idea what he's stepping into. We are back. There's a. <laughs> they're not listing his stats, which makes me a little bit worried. And we just brought in a random big guy. 6'9". That's a big dude. He averaged a double-double. Where? For BC Espoir Fukash out of the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Oh, man, they're one of the better teams in the Congo. were the highest of any BAL Elevate program player in the league. I mean, if the Congo basketball league is anything like the movie, it is cutthroat. Okor 4 is his name. It's going to be tough not to say Okor 4. 
I'm going to be calling Okafor. Okorafor. Okorafor is how you say his last name. Emmanuel Okorafor. If he plays well enough, then I'll do that. We've got life. This is what we needed. I guess Twitter handle is Nigerian Freak 34. I like it. Did anybody else offer him a scholarship? <laughs> is what I'm trying to find out now. I remember I was talking about him when I guess we first offered. But I don't know if he's got like So is he gonna is he eligible for the Boston College game? Oh yeah, he's here. He's in. He's he's good to go. I don't I mean start him. We need we need something to latch on to. Start him the next game. Do we do, do we have any update on Brandon, by the way, in his foot? Uh, I think that Kenny Payne said something was going to happen this week that he was hoping to get a definitive answer about how far he'd be how long he'd be out. This guy's last five games, according to Pro Ballers website, uh, he had two, five, and one, two points, five rebounds, but he improved every game. Eight, ten, eight, eight points, ten rebounds, 13 and 12. I'm telling you. 11 playing. and 10, and then 12 and 15 in his last game against uh, some team called Cap. I'm not, that's no Cap. No Cap, baby. I'm so telling you. won that game, by the way. I don't like the fact that the number one Google search for Emmanuel Okora 4 is a. Cyber warfare warfare operator in yeah, Warner Robins, yeah. Georgia. His Actually, LinkedIn profile. Yeah, it came in second behind the pro ballers to me. But yeah. Oh, it did? Okay. Yeah. Then the basketball regime and then... I think we're back. Apparently WDRB was on this a few hours ago. Oh, they were? Oh, yeah. we got scooped by DRB. Damn you. Damn you, Crawford. Bozis knows everything. Bozis is the only person getting information here. Then you have an article that says a picture of this kid from his Twitter account that says, the kids are six foot nine forward signed with Louisville. That's all it says. <laughs> and I know it's his Twitter picture because I was just on his damn Twitter account. <laughs> In fact, that's the only picture you have of him anywhere. <laughs> Texas says he played pro ball. Here comes the next scandal. If this kid gets us back <laughs> in the NCAA, then. <laughs> yeah, because one of the other, right behind some of his other clips is uh, 26-year-old uh, Emmanuel Okafor, 26, arrested yesterday evening. Hope it's not the same guy. We're going to play this kid in like a 26-point loss to BC and get on probation for another seven years. Who cares? Put us on probation. No, I no, care. No, no, I'm sorry. Don't put us on probation. Vacate our wins if you like. But because I don't think that's in the rules for the e EMU bet. Texas is just what this team needs, a power forward. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> we technically do need it. This is the jolt we've been needing. This is the jolt we've been waiting for. Texas, does it worry that you that uh, Okorafor was playing in the same league that Jay Cole did last year? Well, I didn't know that. But <laughs> the rapper? Yeah, I remember, he, I remember seeing his highlights. <laughs> well, all I know is it can't get worse. We've got a new player. Uh-oh, breaking news. Tom Noy from the – who covers the uh, – Notre Dame basketball for the South Bend Tribune. I've had him on the show a few times. Uh, he breaks the news that a source tells him Mike Bray will retire at the end of the season. Oh, wow. Blake, Bray plans to tell the team after practice today the winningest coach in program history will have spent the last 23 seasons at Notre Dame. Story coming soon. Wow. That is that's sad. It makes me sad. Yeah, it's actually Mike Bray. I like Bray. Sunrise, sunset. We get Emmanuel Okorafor. Mike Bray leaves Notre Dame. I'm trying to see if there's anybody left on this guy's roster that we may right now. It doesn't look like there's no Americans on his roster. I'll tell you one thing I don't like about the Kenny Payne era so far. I thought of just the losing. Well, I mean, just Making me work too hard to thing. find out any sort of information about the players that we're bringing in and offering 
Like I, I spent I spent like 35 minutes trying to find anything on Corin Davis the other day and came up with nothing. And now I'm at, I'm back on LinkedIn trying to find out something about Emmanuel Okorafor. I need some I, I need some rivals top 150 guys. Team. I'm looking up their roster right now. It's too much work. I'm glad this guy's off this team because I'm gonna I'm gonna say the wrong cussing. Texas Mike, you're my role model. I long to one day raise my sarcasm game to your level. Well done, my friend. I'm not sarcastic about anything. I've never been sarcastic a day in my life. We're back. <laughs> and I'm not modest. Texas says, I can't wait to see the Jimmy Dolan shake and bake in the Yum Center. Is that an Arab there reference? Jimmy Dolan. Where'd I know that name? I think it's an Arab there reference. Kevin Bacon. Oh, I remember the movie. I just been as long as I've seen it. I didn't even know that we couldn't. Yeah. Texas, we need guards, not Muhammad Lashigay at power forward. <laughs> now we're good. We're back. I mean, we do need anything, right? I mean, we need everything. Does this? What's this do for Curry? I mean, he plays the five, so I'm guessing Okora Four is going to come in and play the four. Who? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. What do, what do you want me to say? Throw him out there and see what happens. Who cares? I think you. I think you're right. I think you should start on against Boston College. Start him at two guard. Who, who gives a bleep? Start James at the point. Just, just think. I mean, somebody last night was like, "Start Ellis at the five. Who cares? Like, just do something different. Make give us some reason to get interested in these games." You again. know, as sad as we did this last year, when we were like, "Let's start Dre Davis at the point." We had <laughs> at least last year. We had I think twenty three different starting lineups in like twenty nine games. Like they were trying everything, and just none of it worked. And you know, the other thing that people keep telling me about, there is a concerted effort right now. To get Louisville to offer kids, like there's a the junior college kid that everybody wants, like Mike, help us out, like get this kid an offer. And then Gabe Sisk, the the best player at Ballard right now, a lot of local people are like, you've got to drum up some attention. He needs to offer Gabe Sisk. He can really help out. And I'm, I'm not gonna like, I think I think Gabe Sisk is really good from what I've seen, but I'm not gonna sit here and pretend to be like a a guy who's seen Ballard play full games seven or eight times and uh, you know okay, okay, gauge his status as a potential division one player i think he's oh, they a, beat male in the lit they did uh, and he's been really really good i know he's a i think he's a three-star prospect but i mean his offers he doesn't have an offer from iona he's not had an offer from louisville he got that offer last year though i think i think you're i think you're right he has three scholarship offers at the moment coastal carolina eku and iona um because i think tino offered him and he offered the other dude they ended up being like 38 yeah i bet yeah, played for yeah. <laughs> so i mean i, I if, if kenny payne wanted to offer Sure, all for it, but I'm not sure if it really. I, I know how it would play here locally, and the answer is not not well. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll continue to react to this Emmanuel Acora Four news. Look, the first hour of the show is done. We're back. Positive, po- positive vibes have taken over here. They've got a Gardner team named Glory Mel. We should have gone after him. What if this guy just goes for like 30 and 15 to end the season? He comes out. Like Kenny Payne's team. back. He, he knew what he was doing this whole time. He, We've got our Oscar Sheemway, baby. If, if this guy starts <laughs> scoring at like a ridiculous level, then I'm gonna be like, you know what? Karan Davis is gonna come in here and put up 20 a game like next year. Like I'll, I'll feel good about Kenny Payne's eye for talent. And if he doesn't, well, who cares? We're right back where we were. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More from you guys on the text line at 502-414-1450. This is the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big Ups. I'm feeling mental Gonna make you make 
Alright, so I just watched some Emmanuel Okora 4 highlights during the break. Did you watch the same YouTube video I did? I'm assuming so. Where it's just him moving put back? More or less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched the same video. Here's the thing. You can't tell me that he's not going to be Kevin Durant. Can't you can't not. tell me that he's not going to be a Mecca Okafor, just based on that. Could he have the, a Durant-type impact? Could he be Greg Oden, our own Greg Oden? Maybe. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell I me mean, Tell me. He could, he's, Tell me. you know that he's not going to be. Prove to me he is the next Ralph Sampson. Trust in KP. We've got Okafor. To me, the season just starts now. 2-17 is wiped away. We're 0-0. Going into next week, we have a full week to prepare for Boston College. We are we're starting from scratch. Remember There's, that time Okafor came back to the team from Nigeria and turned his team around. <laughs> look, that was BE. That was before Emeka. Oh, no, it was his Emmanuel. His BE is before Emmanuel. That B- game BO. The 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 tor- the Maui. It was BO. The Lipscomb loss. It was, it was B.O. It was B.O. B.O. Corafor before Okorafor. Because it stunk. I'm nailing this, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, but we're getting through it. Maybe we should have done this. Maybe we should have had some, maybe that little brainstorming at the break. But <laughs> BC doesn't want this. The rest of the ACC is trembling right now. We're back. That's what I want to say. I am sad about the Mike Bray news. Yeah, that's because I, you know, I like kind of Mike Bray needs to. College basketball world is better with characters like Mike Bray. It's, it's one of, just, I mean, how many guys still have that 20-year, almost 20-year tenure now? Yeah, 23. I, mean, I know. I mean, it's just, it's kind of the, I mean, yeah, Bayheim's still hanging on, obviously. and But, I mean, outside of that, I mean, I mean, you have Hamilton and Florida State. Which is, all these are going to come to an end soon, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, it's. And, and, it and is I, sad. And I just don't know how many, I how many coaches we have currently now? I mean, obviously Cal's been in Kentucky for you know thirteen years, fourteen, whatever it is now, almost, which is a long time too. But I don't know. I just I don't I don't know if we're going to see any of these twenty plus year tenures anymore in college basketball. I mean, I just I, I just don't. The coaches just don't. I don't think hang around long enough. I mean, until Jay Wright comes here next year. The only closest thing we get maybe is like Scott Drew. I think who I think we both kind of think is going to kind of be a Baylor guy maybe for life, but. It feels like I mean I, I think I mean Jay Wright w- would have been that at Villanova. He was. How he, long how long had he been there when he retired? Because he came in late nineties, so probably about twenty years. What? About twenty years, give or take. Yeah, by the guess. I think Scott Drew. At, I mean Matt Painter at Purdue is the other one. He's a pretty. Yeah. It, it almost takes you being a guy who played at the program or who grew up around that area to become a lifer in this day and age. And of course, you have to have a high level of sustained success, which is of course. Not as easy to do. I mean, people are less forgiving now. That's just, it's not a knock on modern society or anything. It's just the way it is now. Like a lot of times you would have, if a guy had built up a history of success and then had three or four straight down years and was kind of trending in the direction of the program, never getting back to the, the heights it reached when he was at his, you know, his, his highest people are more willing to, to let that person go in this day and age and they or to force them out. It was the case here back in the, the, the late nineties. Yeah, that's what have you done for me? Or eighties even as well. Yeah. It, it's just, it's the way it is now. So it, it, you're going to have less and less of those, of, of those tenures. And I, it does suck because in college basketball, the stars are the coaches. Like when you think Notre Dame basketball, now you think Mike Bray. Oh yeah. And if you thought about something else, you probably think Digger Phelps from where he was before. Or I think I think of White dude with a crew cut six foot ten. Yeah, you think of Luke Herringoti <laughs> and all of his, yeah. his his DNA replicas that have been through the program since then. Like it's just 
they become synonymous with their programs when they're there long enough. And, and we're seeing less and less of that as time goes on. Now, maybe, who's to say that this maybe John Shire is at Duke for a million years. Maybe Hubert Davis is at Carolina for a million years. Maybe Kenny Payne is at Louisville for a million years. You, you don't know. We're still new into a lot of these tenures, but it does it does feel like a, a different time in college basketball. Um, the text line is 502-414-1450. Texter does point out Tom Izzo at Michigan State is another one. who's Yeah, he's been there since, and he's on probably, I can imagine, he's probably near the end of his rope, right? I mean, he strikes me, though, as, as Bayheim, where he'll yeah, he'll do on. it as long as he can. Like, he'll probably be there longer than he should. I'm going to, because I don't think Painter got there. I want to say maybe, how many coaches are with the team that they actually were hired before 2000? Bayheim, Izzo... It would have been Bray. Bray's still technically on that list because I think he was hired in 99, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 23 years would be 99 or, yeah, I guess. I think he was, 90, I think he was 99, 2000 his first season. Like, I think that was like, I mean, it's, I mean I'm mean, i sure there's got to be somebody else. Like, Painter hadn't been there 23 years. Um, Painter was like early 2000s, but he wasn't before 2000. I mean, Mark Few. Yeah, because he took over for months in the After the first round. Yeah, you're right. Yep. His yep. first NCAA tournament win was over us. Yep. Um, I think, and I'm, this is a basketball thing. Greg Campy at Oakland's been there for like 45 years. Oakland, he's been there Oakland, forever. Michigan. Yeah, he's yeah. been there forever. Okay. Um, and then I can't honestly, I can't think of anybody I mean, else. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> there's not been there few and far between. I know that's and that's a long time. Obviously, I'm saying. I mean, Self's I mean, been at Kansas for a long time, but it hasn't been since the 90s. No, he came over in 2005 when Roy Williams left. I think it was before that because Williams no, won it. Well, no, Williams left Kansas and then Self went to Kansas. I think Self was there in 03. So was that when Williams left? Yes. Okay. If I'm checking. I yeah. thought Williams will be yeah, he won his first title in his second year, so that mm. would have been 03, yeah. So yeah, Bill Self's first season at Kansas was 03 or 04. Yeah. So it's yeah, it, it's a it's a short a list. rare thing now, yeah. for sure. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Um Texture says he is number 10 on Zamalek. Did also did you notice Honest and in those Okafor highlights? I did not notice Honest in those Okafor highlights. Honest Mahmoud? Yeah. I know he plays for the Egyptian national team. I'm guessing those are some of the games that God, I missed that. I didn't they're on there. Um the, the highlights only like a minute and a half long. It's not it's, very long. It's not a lot. Yeah. It's not a lot. Texas says, I love this move by KP grabbing Okora four. I can see his vision for improving our interior defense as well as our cyber warfare operations. Go cards. <laughs> Until the very end, I was like, there's somebody with some optimism still left. I love it. I like it. Uh, Texas, Payne is recruiting uh, world recruits from NCA 2K10. He knows what he's doing. He's good. I mean, I made a joke about him going after, like, the, you know, Shaq character from Blue Chips yesterday with the kid from online. Uh-huh. He did it again. Like, this is two days in a row that we, we were linked to guys that you can't even find unless you take, a, like, a, you know, a motorboat through the, the Amazon and get – Crawl through like woods and stuff, and he's in the backwoods shack. Playing. Look, Gorgie Zhang worked out great. <laughs> Gorgie Zhang was at West Virginia, <laughs> but he was from Senegal originally. Yeah, he played at that prep school. Hundred prep. Yeah. Texas says banking on Kenny Payne to turn this around is like banking on Pizza Hut to make you an order that you're happy with. Shots fired at Pizza Hut again. Wow, it's, Pizza. I mean, Pizza's not that bad, people. It is. I feel like it's just different, like because when I had when it, I used to get it as a kid at Westport or Wagner, I it. It tasted different then. Maybe it's just the youth in me, but like, because now it just doesn't taste the same way. I used to love pizza when I was a kid. Ninety-five percent of our of the text right now that are coming in are just bitching about this being another forward center, <laughs> <laughs> not a guard. Exactly what this team needs. Uh, Texas says 
Would you lick a white dog turd to win the ACC tournament? Yeah. <laughs> Zero hesitation over here. I would. It'd be hilarious. Why does it got to be a white one? I mean, who cares? I think it's from Step Brothers. Is that what it is? Okay. I got a belly full of white dog crap in me. I was like, does it really matter the color of the turd? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd rather lick a, a white dog turd than like a gross, soft one, right? I mean, what, what was the... <laughs> eat, eat, would you eat it or lick it? No, just lick, lick it. Yeah, you don't want it soft. Yeah. I'm not eating it. It's too much. Like my buddy Ace takes one to tell you that uh, 2K10 wasn't around. His last basketball game was 2K8. Uh, Which is even sadder to make me think. Sorry, Texture. Yeah. Shots fired. Texture says KP is trying to secure that cybersecurity bag that McConnell announced today. <laughs> well done. Texture every Did time. Did you click I- on that LinkedIn, that LinkedIn to see the difference? Yeah. Okay, I didn't even click on it. Because then I saw, like, oh, you have a bunch of invitations. I was like, oh, there you go. <laughs> Texture says every time I see Kenny Payne on the sidelines, I automatically think of Captain, Captain Benjamin Sisko from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Thoughts? It's 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 a similar look for sure. For sure, he sends a picture in. Oh, yeah, let me see. Let me see the picture. It, 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 there's there's definitely a similarity there. Yeah, yeah. It looks. It's hard. It's in my head now. Texas says white dog turds are aged to perfection. You're, that's that's right. <laughs> and that was if the, if the white dog turds the one just been like hardened and been yeah. out long. Yeah, I'd rather do that than yeah a new fresh one. Texas Disney movies already pulling into town. Will Smith and Denzel Washington batting, battling for the lead role. We're going to win four in the ACC tourney and a Sweet 16 minimum now. Book it. Well, we're, probably, we're going to have to win five in the ACC tournament unless we somehow earn a single buy. So which one's playing Kenny? Ken, uh, Will Smith or Denzel? I mean, they're about the same age. Yeah. I think Denzel's Kenny. Who's playing Okora for? I, I would almost think, just from just looks, I would almost maybe think about casting Dave Chappelle as Kenny, as Kenny Payne. I can see that. I think he is more... Uh, Look, I think he had more of a look. He could do some seriousness. He did great in uh, uh in uh Starsborn. He did. He was good in that one. Texas Trevor, you would love Nulu. You could start there in the morning, three PM, by getting an uh, acai bowl or salad from Lewberry. Get some delightful soaps at Buff City Soap, do some crafts at the craftery, and end it by going to climb Nulu, which I'm sure you would be as adept at as pole vaulting. It's good. You should go there. That sounds like the equivalent of like a day licking white dog turds. I'm trying to think of things that you would actually like doing in Nulu, and it's I I don't think that you would like Nulu. I don't think you'd have a good time. Go to a bats game. I didn't know that stuff was even down there. It's crazy. It's a lot of stuff. Shops everywhere. You saw, you strike me as a big Sunday afternoon shops. Didn't it used to be kind of like a ghetto over in that area. Yeah, it's, it's all remade. That's why it's Nulu. Nulu. Oh, that's right. Gentrification. <laughs> somebody somebody on the, on the text line was like you were about five minutes away from having to explain gentrification yeah, to Trevor. I say, and I was like I don't want I think that's pretty much what I just got described I was like I don't <laughs> want to I don't, I don't want to no, get in I'm there. fully aware what it is <laughs> Texas says on the scenario that you laid out earlier I expected us to be below 500 but to have a top five recruiting class coming in and things being weird maybe the scariest part is that recruiting is even worse now than it was under Chris Mack I kind of I, I was in the same boat like I think that I thought the season was going to go worse than a lot of people did. I certainly didn't think it was going to be this bad. No one, no, I, no one thought. No one, nobody did. You're right. I, I thought it, I, I really thought we were going to have like a big time recruiting class lined up, waiting in the wings, and I thought it was going to be like, let's be patient and see what this guy can do with the big time recruits that are coming in. And if it's just as bad next year or almost as bad next year, then we got our answer. We we know. And the scary thing about where we are right now is, I think you're still, and I hope I'm wrong. 
I think you you're going to be better next year because you can't be worse. Well, I mean, I say that, but we still have two wins. Two wins to not get. I but mean, the roster is. It's probably not still going to be where we were hoping it was going to be in year two under Kenny Payne. And I think you're going to have a lot of people if we're, let's say, limping to like a, again, 12, 13, 14 win season in year two. You're going to have a lot of people who are saying, we still haven't seen what Kenny Payne can really do. This is the first time he's had a full recruiting class with no NCAA cloud, no sanctions, no concern about postseason bans or anything like that. And now we got the bad apples out. Like all of those excuses are going to be out there. And it's just still going to be people guessing after two full years with this guy running the program. And if year three is just as bad and everybody who has said, hang on, hang on, hang on is wrong. It will be like you're, you just made the, the hole that you have to climb out of that much steeper. And I think that's it's concerning given where Louisville is right now. Every year that you're irrelevant in the big picture in college basketball it becomes tougher and tougher to claw your way out of that hole. It becomes tougher and tougher to get top-tier recruiting classes, and you become less and less attractive to the big-time coaches who might be waiting in line if you do have to make a move in the relatively near future. It's just we are, we're we are in a scary spot, man. We fall deep enough. Maybe we get the uh, sympathy of the coach who wants to you know, turn the bad boy into boyfriend material type thing. I think it's what you have to hope for. You have to hope I mean, that you're, you, you're— By the way, there's one person who thought the season would be this bad. Who? Scoots. I mean, I think he thought Eastern Michigan was going to be better than. <laughs> I think I think Scoots was thinking it was going to be like thirteen wins versus twelve wins, as opposed to four to two. <laughs> Does he have any still have only four? I got check. Still four. Okay, good. I think they play. Thank God tonight. <laughs> but I mean, I I think that yeah, I, I guess you hope if you're it's bad enough, the way you pitch the job to a big time coach or a coach who you think can be a big time coach is to say, look, you come here and you win fifteen games in your one. You're a conquering hero, and that's never been the case in the history of this program. It, it, it's never been this bad. Let's let's start rebuilding it. You have a low bar to clear. Let's get to work, and that can be an attractive option, especially when you're paying the type of money that Louisville is able to pay and would be able to pay two or three years down the line. Yeah, Kent State beat Eastern Michigan by fourteen. Yes, yeah, yeah, they're still four wins. They've got Northern Illinois this weekend, though. This is one of this is their one of their two projected wins for the rest of the season. It's a big day for you Saturday. <laughs> EMU Ken Palm has them beating Northern Illinois by one at home. It's a big game, huge game for the bottom line. What did Imani Bates do last night? He is scored twenty four points, six of ten from the field, two of five from three, two assists, two turnovers, lost by fourteen. I just did a Google search worst seasons in Division one history. And this is now, granted, this is, this is an article parent from 10 years ago, but it's all seasons very similar to what we're having. And it's all like Alcorn State, Iona, Longwood, and New Jersey Institute of Technology. Well, yeah, I mean, there have been teams that have gone winless for seasons. So, well, I, New Jersey Institute actually went in 30. I know, but there have been teams that have gone winless. I think six of them. We, we counted it, we looked it up right, during did, the show. Yeah. Uh, Texter says, Can you imagine the press conference lecture that we would have heard if an opposing player had talked trash to Coach K? Oh, my God. Yeah, if that. So if you, I don't have the clip in front of me. We don't have to play it. But Kenny Payne basically said last night Pitt had an open shooter, and he was trying to scream to his guys like, "Get here, get here, get here!" to cover the open shooter. The shooter gets the ball. He drills the three. He turns around to Payne and he goes, "He didn't get there, coach." And Payne's like, "I liked it. I, I want to see more of that from our guys." And it elicited a number of responses from U of L fans, but. 
I didn't think, I mean, whatever. If Coach K had had that happen to him, yeah, he would have flipped out and grabbed Jeff Capel and, you know, we don't do that. It's not the Duke way. He would have grabbed that kid. He would have done the the condescending chest pat as he lectured him about. I mean, hell, he lectured kids who didn't even say any stuff. He, he lectured Dylan Brooks when Brooks didn't even say anything during a game. You're oh, you're too good for that. Yeah. You're too good for that. Like whatever. But yeah, Kenny Payne w- was fine with it apparently. Texas says um, if Kenny loves Louisville, he'll resign and not take the buyout money. I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Texas, who's the most likely men's basketball assistant coach to leave after this season? I I, I don't know. Manning. It's just speculating. I would tend to think Manning as well. Yeah. I mean, Nolan was the first guy that everybody said Kenny Payne was going to, to call when he got the job. It's exactly how it happened. Manning was kind of a surprise. He kind of came out of left field. I think Danny, I mean, Danny Manning probably has aspirations to be a head coach again. Oh, well, I mean, he's not helping. This is not helping. No. <laughs> I think he would want to go to a program where, I mean, I think this is what he thought he was doing, going to a big-time program that you know he could help win, restore his image, get one more shot maybe at a mid-major program, try to build them up. I mean, maybe he would get offered at like a, a very low major job at like a UMKC place or something like that. Yeah, but, he could still, even with this resume and this year, could still, because of his name. His name. Alone would give him a job. Yeah, and because he did well at Tulsa for a, a brief period. Like you can say, you could sell that if you're a like again, like the UMKC Kangaroos. Yeah, you could sell that to the fan base. Good but, pull. I would think his being his especially his reputation in the state of Kansas as well. Even though I mean, I know it's in Missouri, mm-hmm. but but Kansas because Texas only has two Division One teams anyway. Right. So, but yeah, in that yeah Missouri Kansas border area, I could see yeah I'm using it very well. Texas Danny Manning's coaching record was one twenty six and one fifty four. Kenny Payne is now two and seventeen. Josh Hurd better be careful with his loyalty. He's lucky Jeff Brom fell into his lap. I am, That is the one thing, because the show started today talking about are Louisville fans really more mad today than they were yesterday, or was this some sort of breaking point? The one thing that I feel like I have seen an extreme increase of in the last 24 hours, or, or I guess however many hours it's been since the, the, the pit game got out of hand, people <laughs> getting mad at Josh Hurd. People being like, we got to fire Payne, and we got to fire Josh Hurd. Like, well... <laughs> Let's see. I mean, wait. <laughs> he hasn't even been the full time AD for a full year. He, let's be real. Like, he got the guy. You, you can rewrite history all, all you want. He got the guy that a majority of the fan base seemed to be pushing for, and certainly that the big money donors were pushing for. Yeah. I think that he, I mean, talking to some people behind the scenes in the search, he absolutely did kick the tires and do his due diligence to try to get some of the bigger names that were out there. Some of them said no. Some of them he chose Kenny Payne over. Um, like I, I don't think it was just a, I hired Payne because everybody wanted me to hire Payne. I do think the Jeff Brom search was was far more simple. I think that he didn't explore more options because yeah, he had a smaller time frame to work in. And Brom also brought has more on the table. Yeah, it was, I mean the, the Kenny Payne one. If you're you're Josh Hurd, I mean I, honestly I don't think it's. I mean short of maybe you know bringing back Rick Pitino or bringing in Musselman maybe or. Some along the, the few, you know, Jay Wright or Billy Donovan, whatever the, the, the names that everybody, you know, are always looking for horse ranch. Look, he tried to talk to Scott Drew. Like, yeah. I, I, mean, I can tell you that definitively. Exactly. He tried. They thought there was some interest there. That they being, had the conversation, and Drew was basically like, thanks, but no thanks. That being said, for all, whether you were negative, and we were both had our, you know, issues with possibly pain, I don't think it was worth the sh- I think it's definitely worth The juice was worth the squeeze and giving it a shot. Now, if. Do, do we call it after one year it was shot so bad? Maybe. Do we call it after two years? Probably. But 
I think it was definitely worth the shot at taking. At least in basketball, if you can, with Louisville, like you said, you don't want to go too long, but if you have a, this year and the next year he's winning like eight games and you do move on, you still have the, the name of Louisville to bring in a decent coach, whether it be someone who's already established himself or someone who is on the up and up as an assistant, and you can turn this thing around relatively quickly with the right name. I mean, look at Kansas State, for example. Remember how many shows look at Arizona? Remember how many shows last year we did where people were fighting us on wanting Scott Drew? Remember that when that was the thing? Scott Drew's a great coach. It felt ridiculous at the time. It feels ten times more ridiculous now that people were like, he got lucky one season. I'm like, he's had the best team in college basketball the last three years. We just established he was with, with, with a situation Baylor. ten times worse than ours at Baylor. He won eight games in that year. If you want to talk about him not being a cultural fit, I think that's fine. Whatever. But my God, like it was the fact that we even had those debates, it just seems so silly now. Texas podcast listener here and TK's takes on movies and food are hot garbage and he only eats hamburgers. Also watched the salad video and I noticed he has kind of this grown up Cartman plus Don Vito thing going on. Who's Don Vito? He was the guy who was on um that Bam Margera show. He was like Bam Margera's uncle. I don't know who that is. He was had a pop. He was on Jackass, and then he had his own show for a while. Show. He was popular for like a brief period, and like the this was the, the period of time you were off the grid, like should 05, I be 06. Insulted by that comparison, or be okay yeah, with it? Yeah, you should be insulted. I mean, I'm not too insulted. I mean, Cartman's a classic television character of over 20 years with famous lines and makes millions of mon- dollars. If he was real, I'm okay with that. There you go. I like what you handled. Now the food take thing. Now, now you can you you can suck it. I I'm, I might be basic, but my food from what I do enjoy eating, I can give you the proper take on. And my movie take, don't be mad because I told you something you like sucks. <laughs> Let's um just cause just, just cause I can see it sucks and you don't doesn't mean didn't mean you need to be mean. Texas Mike will look at white dog turd for U of a basketball and Trevor won't even eat a damn salad. Trevor's gotta do the Uncle Leo album. I'd rather eat a, I'd rather eat a like a white dog turd a salad. Maybe. Would you do that? Would you look at a white dog turd for the AC tournament win? Yes. Oh boy. I mean, I was gonna say I just shaved my head because I already shaved my eyebrows, maybe, but I mean Texas says, Trevor, Mary Bleep Kill, Salad, Kenny Payne, Mick Cronin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The salad's probably getting the bleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and for once, I'm using dressing. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have even read it. And then you're, I guess you're killing Cronin. Yeah. And you're yeah. marrying. I'm marrying Kenny you're Payne. You're marrying KP. Yeah. He seems like a nice guy. He seems like a very nice guy. I bet he's a cuddler. I bet he is, too. Let's take a break. When we come back, 5 o'clock hours next. We'll try to keep this as loose as possible, but we'll talk uh, some more about last night's game against Pitt and also big picture stuff when it comes to Cardinal basketball. More of your texts, even though there's a billion of them. We'll do the best we can. 5 o'clock hours up next here on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. Till I hear it from you 
Yep. One, I love the beginning because the closed caption was on. It's just upbeat rock music. In the moon up or the Like, what defines upbeat rock? I don't know. But second, uh, this is one of three songs by Jim Blossoms I can name, and therefore I will register them as a good band. Okay. Now, can you name 10, though? Do you got name- I can't name 10. Yeah, no. so they're not good to you. No, I think they are. I think I probably would like 10. I just can't name them. I think I didn't ask you shouldn't have told me is one of the my favorite opening lines to a song. It's, it's just good. <laughs> I didn't ask. You shouldn't have told me. I like the video. It just kind of rotates around. If you remember the video or not. I have no idea. No. Yeah. Uh, five o'clock hour here at the Mike Rutherford Show on a, I mean, it's Groundhog Day again here on Thursday as we react to Louisville's most recent 21-point loss to Pitt. I say most recent because they have now lost back-to-back games by 21 points. This was, though— Before we get into basketball, can I ask you something about Groundhog Day? Okay. Two things. One, do you consider it a comedy? No. Because I just—I think it was—I think it was TJ. TJ will let me know that if it wasn't, I'm sure. Or Nick that, like—because I I still think it's a comedy. And they—their argument was it's a— Dramedy. It's a drama—yeah, more of a dramedy. It's a sad movie. Because, I mean, the the guy does, like, literally commit suicide, like, seven times. A lot of times. Yeah. Now, I think I looked this up one time. I don't know if you have too, but the amount of time, like, with done by doing the math, how long he was in that purgatory of spinning around. Oh, no, I've not looked at it. It's, like, just under 10 years. Oof. Like, it doesn't seem, because, I mean, you got to think, because he talks about, because I think he, it's based on him saying, I've killed myself this many times, and yada, 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 and the times you see in there. I mean, it's some, a decade. Well, there was the one, like, Palm Springs, the it recent. It does kind of take the humor the, out of the it. The Andy Samberg one where it's like he's stuck in a time loop. He's been there for like hundreds of years, apparently. What movie is that? Palm Springs came out a few oh, years ago. It, yeah. it was good. I liked it. Is it funnier than Groundhog Day? I think it was funnier. Like, it it also had very serious elements to it. It was a sweet kind of, it was like Groundhog Day, sort of a sweet love story. I mean, when you say that, that does make me feel almost like less comedic about the movie. I don't but think it it's also, It also does make sense when you think about the stuff he memorized. It's like. How did he do that? And just I mean, he'd been there a decade. Yeah. Classic time loop. That's how, that's how they work. Would you? Would I you, feel like I'm stuck in one right now. Every <laughs> damn radio show. Would you like to be stuck? Do repeat the same day over over ten years? I could predict the five o'clock hour right now. I can I can tell you exactly how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah, did you see Jim Blossoms coming? <laughs> yeah, we've definitely played. Uh, we played one the other day. We played Blues Traveler several times. Now, the, yeah, but usually I don't play the runaround song. I feel like we've heard it before. I usually kind of go to the B cuts on uh, Blues Traveler. Today I was like, because I'm sorry, but we've lost 17 games. I I can only like, there's no more blood left in the turnip of bleeding the the the, the theme of we lost. It's sad. We're losers. I've done. You're every, forgetting one key thing. I've used every you're, you're, song possible. You're, you're forgetting one one key thing that makes today's show. Different from all the other Groundhog Day shows that you've been talking about here. We picked up the kid We've got Emmanuel Okora for everything that mattered before this means nothing. Hey, you're right. You're right. I'm that was sorry. that was bo. That was before Okora for it was. You're gonna see. Somebody texted in earnestly. Was like, in all seriousness, what would it say about Kenny Payne if this guy comes in and just starts bawling out immediately and looks way better than the guys that we've been trying to develop for the past ten months? I, you know what? I'll I wouldn't eat, care. I wouldn't care either. I agree. I'll eat crow or whatever else, you know, whatever you want to say, other analogy. I mean, having watched the the highlight video, he sure has some. He hustles. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Also, but, by the way, I rewatched it. I don't think there's honest in that video. 
Maybe it's a different one. Okay, because there, there, there's a guy that maybe could have been him, but it was like, Honest has got a grown-up beard and gotten really good tan since he left here. He's, he's a good-looking guy. Also, if he if it is Honest, then that kid ain't 6'9". That kid's 7' because he's not – or Honest is only 6'9". Because they're, they're way too close to each other standing right next to each other. He looks – he's strong. Yeah, he's got I me. Mean, he's built. He's for a 17-year-old kid, yeah. I mean, so was – If you miss a layup yeah, and he's in the general area, he can absolutely catch it and dunk it. We know that. Beyond the shadow of any doubt. I feel confident in his ability to do that. Is he left-handed? I can't tell. I couldn't tell either. I feel like he made One a of the shots he does, I don't even think he shoots it. just like kind of loses it in the air and it goes in. He's good at putbacks. That's all he does in the whole video. So we've got a, a core four. We're fine. It's a little jumper here. Okay. All right. I think he is left-handed. Just based on the highlight video I'm seeing now, I think he's left-handed. Uh, 502-414-1450 is your Thornton's text line. We've been talking a lot today, not just about the game last night, specifically the 21-point loss to the Panthers, where they make 14 three-pointers. Cards, once again, turnover-prone. 17 turnovers, just six assists. It's the same damn story. They start fine. They give a big a big run. They try to get back in it. They can't really get back in it. Eight straight conference losses now. After losing nine straight to start the season, winning two in a row in the middle of the year, UofL has now lost eight straight. But... The bigger topic of discussion here locally has been, was this some sort of breaking point for the UofL fans that were, one, still paying attention to the team, because a lot of people do seem to have checked out, two, still holding out a little bit of hope, maybe not for this season, but for some sort of improvement this year and for the Kenny Payne era to ultimately be successful. And I kind of started the show off by saying, I don't think that this really changed that much. And I think I'm, I'm ready to say that I was wrong, because... Just based on the reactions I've gotten to that, based on the reactions I'm seeing on the text line, based on the clips of, of shows that people have sent in, it does seem like people are far more angry today than they were before the pit game. And, and I don't know if it's a, you know, somebody said it's a combination of a regression from the improvements that we'd seen in the losses to, say, Syracuse and Clemson and Wake Forest, as well as this being Pitt, a team that we had never lost to at the Yum Center, a team that we have dominated dating back to the Big East days. I think the, the second point, Trevor and I kind of agreed on this, is sort of moot here. You, you can't take anything from our past and compare it to what's happening this season because we've never been this bad at past, all. like before this season, before this year. Yeah, anything before this year. I don't because, think you can ever compare it to what's happening right now. Yeah, because, I mean, like you said, I mean, I think one of the things that could be... We angry, also had never lost to Bellarmine before this yeah, year. There's a lot of things we haven't done before this year. None of them are good. The uh, I mean, I'd never eaten a salad till this year. <laughs> you had though. You did. You said you had one before. I had, I had in back Another bet. Oh four, oh five, roughly. Anyway, point is, I think, and we brought this up earlier in the show that the fact that we're January nineteenth, and we the last two games we look like we haven't improved one bit since November. That's the problem, and that's something that can be that can be a straw that can they can finally shatter that once game was back for sure. By the way, Notre, can go four days without without water. Notre Dame has made it official, putting out a, a release saying Mike Bray retiring at the conclusion of this season, which is once again we're all sad about that. I I, I love Maui Mike Bray. He's like our, our cool sports dad. I know he's a Duke guy, and Coach K wanted the attention of the the the, the farewell tour, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I just picture Bray not being the kind of guy that want, would embrace that. A big tour? Yeah, because that's what he's gonna get. Well, no, I mean, he's only got two weeks left. But he's still gonna get a, I mean, he's gonna get people, you know, talking about it and questioning him and 
you know. I mean, Kay announced that he was his last season no, like well, a year before again, the season started. Kay's more egotistical right. than, than most people. Bray's doing this almost, you know, three-fourths of the way through his the season. Even that much, though. Again, I just didn't seem like the type of guy that would maybe want the attention. Like, Roy Williams didn't want it. That's why he left the way he did. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's more about letting Notre Dame get out in front of this and trying to, to get somebody in that can help True, the True, but you can do that pri- privately and not publicly but nonetheless you, you know, could but oh i think well. it's also you also have a fan base that's upset right now like the fans are pissed off at, at notre dame they've they've been bad for the last few years they are one i mean they're terrible this year they were supposed to be one of the better teams in the acc a lot of people thought they were going to be the most improved team in the acc and they're sitting there one and seven and nine and ten overall they're only a game better than us in the conference standings and we will see notre dame uh, firsthand in nine days when we play in south bend on saturday afternoon and it'll be the last time that we unless we see them on ACC Tournament Tuesday, which is fully possible. It'll be the last time we're on opposing sidelines with Mike Bray. Which Has Mike said. Bray, his tenure at Notre Dame, has the basketball team as a whole been more successful than the football team? Probably not. I know the football team does have the one title game. Title game, and they've been to the playoff, too. They went to a couple, but I mean... Bray uh, never made it to Final Four. No, that's true. Yeah, He's kind of one of those guys, too, that, that, was, that you're, you talk about that Still hasn't gotten over that hump. Back-to-back Elite Eight, so it was close to the guy. Yeah. Demetrius Jackson from the corner to try to beat the U.K. team. Airball was the, uh, the closest he got. They, it's, it was a good team. You know, it's sad, but the thing is that the fact that we have to pause and think about it does say a lot. For sure, what for sure. Game. He did a great job. Or what has like been done at Notre Dame football for the last 20 years. Yeah, so. no question about it. Um, other thoughts on last night's game before we get back to the text line. You know, Kamari Lands. We kept talking yesterday. We were talking about how he. I was saying I, I don't see the progress from him that I was hoping for. He has not been the type of freshman impact player that I was hoping he was going to be, and that I'd heard he had the chance to be this summer. Uh, had a very rough go of it yesterday. Nineteen minutes, oh five from the field, um, no assists, one turnover, two rebounds. Not active. Got lost defensively constantly. He's. He's really, really struggled as of late. The problem, is especially with the, of those shots, not a, they weren't really bad shots either. Yeah, he just he can't he just make it. Couldn't, in couldn't right get now. it in. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. I think one was rushed on the shot clock where he tried to take it in the lane and the little floater that was a tough shot. But for the most part, they were all. I mean, looks that when he shot it, I was like, take the shot. I mean, you say that. I mean, you have to. I mean, he's shooting twenty five percent from the field now for the season. Twenty four percent from three. I mean, I think to say though he has gotten. I mean. Obviously better, but I mean, where he had nowhere to go from, but from uh, up from where he was. So. Well, he's down from where he was at the beginning of the year. I mean, he was scoring double figures in three games before mid-December, and now zero points, two points, three points, six points, four points, seven points. He's just—he's not making shots right now. He's—he's he's trying to be more aggressive, which I, I do applaud the more aggressive thing because that was something I had a problem with early in the year for him. Yeah. I mean, he was he was shooting it better early in the season. He's just he's not making anything right now, and he looks lost defensively. Well, um, that's going to have to get better. Uh, I thought L. Ellis did had a standard L. Ellis game. He's going to play hard. He's going to get you points. Uh, five assists, three turnovers. Um, we did share the turnovers around last night. I mean, every player who played more than four minutes had at least one turnover. So there was that. L. had three. James had three. Well, you trying to be positive. Curry had three. <laughs> Lands and Withers both had one. Roosevelt Wheeler had two. Trainer had one. Hersey had one. So it was equal opportunities last night for everybody who played in the game. 17 turnovers, six assists. Compare that to Pitt, who had 13 turnovers, a high rate for them, but had 21 assists on 28 made field goals. We just don't we, we just don't know what we're doing on offense or defense for that matter. Worse on is, is, 
at least sometimes worse on defense because sometimes, like I said, with the lands missing some open shots or shots that weren't bad shots, it's kind of a little bit like last year. Like we talked about this last year, like we're like, there were there, we, we we wanted to blame the coaching staff a lot with last year, and and, and again, it was I'm sure you know, blame could be evenly handed out like a like turnovers like last night on our team, but. Like, there was times, a lot of times last year, you pointed out where, I mean, guys just were missing, would just miss open shots. Mm. And they had looks, they just didn't knock them down. And I think that's that's how I feel about the offense. The defense, it's just, what sucks is defense majority is just, it, it's just, it's just thinking and, and, and energy. That's I mean, that's that's 90% of defense. We are and on. we don't, just, we're just not very smart. On Ken Palm, we are currently 230th in uh, adjusted defensive efficiency, so we're the 230th best defensive team. We are 319th on offense, which is astoundingly bad. But we're still good at getting the free throw line. 54th in the country in free throws attempts per uh, field goal attempts. I feel like when I, when I talked about this being not a very good free throw shooting team and you pulled the numbers, I think the, my, where my mind goes is that in clutch moments, we've been bad free throws. We have been. Every time it feels like, like we need this to like stay have a chance, and like Ellis we'll miss one. Several like that. He missed one big one late against. It was a Bellarmine or App State, one of the early games. And I guess that's where, like, when I when I said that yesterday, I think that's where my mind was. Was that I, I don't even. I'm not thinking about what we're doing in the first half or first 25 minutes, 30 minutes of the game free throw wise. I'm thinking about what we do in the clutch moments. It's quite literally bad. All we do well. It's quite <laughs> according <laughs> to the stats. It's quite the only thing that we do well is shoot free throws. And make free throws, and we're not even the, the percentage has gone down, so it's not even not even great. That's what we do: shoot free throws and turn the ball over. That's what that's what basketball does, baby. 502-414-1450. Again, we're not gonna be able to get to everybody's text today because you guys, as tends to happen when things go horribly, are blowing up the text line, which is fine. We, we want to hear from you, so we'll get to as many of these as we can before the end of the hour. Texas says my dad hasn't missed a game since before I was born, which is a minimum of twenty-seven years. Last night he called me and said he's done until KP is gone. He's one of those who wanted Kenny, unlike myself. But last night was the nail for many older fans that I know. I see. I, I just I can only base this off personal experiences. I've got so many friends and acquaintances who've been like, I'm not watching the games, or I don't even know they're playing. That I I didn't see any sort of uptick in that last night. I. Like, my friends aren't even reacting to the game. It's, it's basically just like me and Danny, Podcast Trevor, are the only <laughs> ones watching at this point who are just texting each and other. Yeah, but I mean, like, in our, like, my text, like, text oh, groups. Yeah. Like, it's just us responding, like, oh, my God, like, Devin Reed kind of looks like Duquan from The Wire, doesn't he? Like, nobody else is even watching the games. That's, that's, it's just us having a conversation with everybody else being uh, a bystander. He and like he does. He, he does. We'd know more if he'd play more, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> but it, it's just... It's a sad state of affairs. It's, it's even last year. I felt like I had some friends that were kind of checking out, but they were at least watching the games or watching until the games got out of hand. If they got out of hand, this is just this is new territory for everybody, and it's, it's scary times, man. I just can't even as bad as we are. I just can't picture not like watching. I can't either, but that's that's us, and I think it's. I mean, most I, people listening. I mean, I watched three straight games and avoided spoilers for like two days. I wanted to watch them. And those were games we got just completely taken by the woodshed in Maui. But I'll say what I've already said before, which is if you are choosing to, like, I can't relate, but I'm also not judging. If no, you I'm are choosing judging. to check out, yeah, a little bit, maybe. everybody, I, I'm not. I mean, everybody can fan their own way. And if you think it's in your best interest to just not watch the games, if you have things that you want to spend more time doing, if you think it's just great for your mental health to not be tortured for two hours, I, 
I, I don't blame you. And it goes back to the prevailing theme of today's show and really every show for the last two months, which is we've never gone through anything like this before. We've, we've never experienced having two wins going into late January as a Louisville basketball team. And of course, it's, it's uncharted territory. Of course, you're going to have people doing different things. It's just, I don't, maybe, maybe they're handling it better. Maybe not watching the games would be better for me. I don't feel like I have that luxury considering we come on here and talk about the games and I'm writing about the games. But well, even if I didn't, even if I maybe wasn't I'd be happy, talking, I'd, still be, I'd still be watching the game. I would too, but I, I think that maybe, you know, maybe we'd be happier if we, if we weren't. Who knows? Texter says, I mean, we have people who text the show who are like, they clearly care enough about Louisville athletics to listen to us babble on for three hours a day and to take the time to, to pull out their phones and text the Thornton sex line. And they will say, I, I don't watch the games. I haven't watched the games since blah, but like, this is what I think. And it's just, it's, it's not fun. It's not fun. Texas says there's a guy on the message boards who called this Okora four signing a while ago. And he's saying there's one more coming. One more like cool signing or one more guy that we've never heard of coming here. <laughs> yeah, I think we're both, maybe. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. Text says, uh, breaking news, KP has hired a female assistant. Supposedly, she'll be more of an on-court con- counselor. Her name badge just says Jan. <laughs> I wanted to say be careful where you're going with I, the stag. I, I saw it ahead. I was like, yeah. okay, it's, it's optimism. We need optimism. We need Jan on the staff. Uh, Scoots says, by the way, Honest is definitely closer to seven feet than six foot nine. I passed him in the tunnels of the Yum Center a few years ago, and he had me by an easy foot and a half, tallest man I've ever been next to. I think Honest is seven one. He's listed seven one. Yeah, he was. I think he was every bit of that. Tallest was, person you were stood next to. Uh, Aris Gilmore. He was probably about seven seven two, right? Yeah, I want to say mine was the the seven foot four dude that used to play for the Cavs. Agoscus or whatever. Okay. But I'm sitting next to him and I'm next to Rick Smith, who was also 7'4". Rick Smith's The Gostas one, though, was at the Yum Center. And he was scouting. He was a scout there with the Cavs, which I was like, I felt so... I was so glad I was, like, five rows behind him originally. I could still see over him. But, like, anybody, like, right behind him, you're screwed, dude. <laughs> Texas says, Iona is 74 and Ken Palm. How badly would they beat us? Well, they probably... They- They'd be favored. There's no question about it. They did lose uh, Quinzelinski for the season. He's do we have him? No, he's he's surgery. He's out for the year, oh. um, and he was their best shooter, best rebounder according to Patino. So they have to. Raise. They have been as good as they are for a mid-major team. I thought they were going to be better this season. Like yeah. they're they're not a team that's going to flirt with a at-large bid. I thought that maybe they had a chance, but they've lost six games. They've lost a, at least one conference game. They may have lost a couple at this point. They're still the best team in that league, but was it it's last not a year good they league. struggled really heavily before they got hot in the tournament though? Oh no, last year they were great. It, they didn't get hot in the tournament. They lost in the first round of the tournament. Last year they were awesome. They oh. dominated that league and they got upset in the quarterfinals. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking of nothing. Yeah. Uh, I think it, 2 years ago, the COVID year. Is that what it was? Because yeah. they had a bunch of they they forfeited a bunch of games because yeah. of COVID. But they had, and they had but they had a, they were like a bad seed, but they were probably the second best team in the conference. They were right? favored to win the tournament, but they were like the nine seed because the MAAC had this weird COVID policy where it was they ranked teams based on games won, and I own had had played like four conference yeah, games because yeah. they got drilled by COVID, and so they won as like the ninth. They had to play like four games in four days. But they, and they, but they won. ended up losing in the conference finals. That year. No, they won the, oh, the, the conference tournament. Okay, they, they lost Alabama in the NCAA tournament. That's right. Uh, and then last year, they were the big favorites, and they got upset. Texture says, uh, the dude on the message boards is now saying that this guy is an animal. Hopefully, he's a guard. Hopefully, he's a real-life animal. I mean, we could use a, I don't know, some sort of 
Rhino out I think, there. I think the drummer animal from Muppets right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the the, the 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 child. Do you remember the remember the toy animal at the the the, the, the were the cups that was blue. The stuffed animal toy from back in the late eighties. You remember him? No. Oh, animal! Oh, you remember that toy? That was thing was great, man. It had, the, had the had the cuffs, and you could break the cuffs off. I'll take it. I'll take him too. Tell us how much nil money will it take to put together a competent team, and will that money be available this spring? Look, from everything I've been told from people who, yeah, like Mark Spiegel with the the five hundred two circle and, and people at UofL, they all say like basketball's got a pool of money to work with. Like they've got money that they can use. It's just a matter of finding players and, and you know, spreading that money out. Like, I, I don't think that the, it's not like Kenny Payne hasn't used NIL to this point because he doesn't have the funds. Like, and even, even he has said it, he's like, we've got money. It's just, I don't want kids to come here just for that money. I want them to earn it after they've gotten here, which is fine. But it's later than you think. I mean, you might want to practice what you preach there. We got to start winning some games. I mean, can we just not? Can we, can, are you going to give us some of this money back for this season? Because I'd be damned if I think you've earned that in total salary. Texas says I mean, our only offensive set is frantically picking up our dribble when we reach our own baseline and jumping in the air to throw it away in a panic while falling out of bounds. There's no excuse for that. We do. We we do enjoy doing that. Texas, I never would have thought. As a first-year teacher, that I'm better at my job than Kenny Payne. <laughs> um, I, to, 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 I don't feel like I'm worried about you as a teacher now. <laughs> like, do you really feel like you were going to be that? What grade are you teaching? <laughs> Texas, if somebody had told you last spring that Kenny Payne would be trending on Twitter as we approach February, just how well would you have predicted that we were doing? 19 and 0, 18 and 1 with a 16-game winning streak. He's trending after every game now, and it's never. It hasn't been a good thing yet, but he's trending. <laughs> what direction? Texas says, is Bobby hopping on the bike and heading up to Baltimore third team in one offseason? I'd love it. It'd be a record, wouldn't it? I'd love it if he if he went to the Ravens now. <laughs> I mean, That's the most coaching jobs you can have in one season. And we had the defensive coordinator for like two weeks in Cracktop's first year that left us like right away. Ted Roof was his name. I mean, Chris Beard was at UNLV for like three days before he took the Texas Tech job. Yeah, Donovan did the Orlando gig for a day before he went back to Florida. That's right. He's here. Let's not forget Belichick did it to the Jets before he went back to the Patriots. Texas says, going back to your talk about Rick Pitino's first year, he didn't even have the portal and had to deal with the 5-8 rule that was in place at the time. Back then, you couldn't overhaul a roster like you could now. That oh, was, not even not, not only that, he, he wasn't getting half the recruits he went after because they were going pro. Yeah, he was, and we still were. Yeah, we were a four seed in year two that won our conference. I mean, the the job he did cha- turning around O'Bannon and Miles just to put them in the Hall of Fame right then and there. That's the big thing to me is that like those two were night and day compared to before he got there. because th- there are similarities to be drawn between what Patino inherited and and what Payne inherited. I'm not saying it's an exact match because obviously last year's team had more turmoil than the the last Denny Crum team. Having said that, last year's team also won more games than the last Denny Crum <laughs> team did. But Patino didn't have anybody big to add to that roster. The only new guys that he had, again, Carlos Hurt and Brandon Bender, he kicked off the team before they they were halfway through the season. So he the, the, the staggering thing about what he did was he took the same players who had looked listless and out of shape and disinterested in Denny Crum's last year and he turned them into players that damn near went to the NCAA tournament yeah. and that were the heart of a team that a year later 
won the Conference USA tournament and was a four seed in the NCAA tournament. I mean, Luke Whitehead looked like in the first two years under Denny, everybody was like, how does this guy possibly have a scholarship? He winds up being the Conference USA tournament MVP in his in his senior season. Ellis Miles looked like the, the worst attitude in the world. He was always out of shape. He winds up being the heart of a Final Four run uh, in his last season. You know, Reese Gaines had been inconsistent his, his first two years. He winds up being an All-American. Like the player development was so easy to see right away. And I think that's what is concerning a lot of people with Kenny Payne this year is we got, we're playing a lot of guys that we saw last year and they're not really looking any different in a positive way than what we saw last season. I mean, Mike James is, is has been James great, but he count. didn't play at all. Actually. And even Trainer doesn't count because Trainer was was just in this that weird limbo last year where he never played, barely played. Yeah, that's why I feel like this is. I, I it's a shame. This is this should be a sophomore year, personally. But like, Wheeler hasn't gotten a lot better. I mean, he's he's gotten worse. You could say anyway, he didn't really. play much last year. I mean, uh, guys that actually play played. I mean, Withers has been kind of on the same level. I don't know. If, I wouldn't say he's gotten worse. Maybe. Well, he was bad. He, he's he's worse than he was two years ago, but he's better than he was last year. Yeah, I guess which is a weird thing to say. I mean, Ellis is about the same. The numbers may like argue to give you arguments. He's better, but he's playing a different role. Exactly. And then, I mean, Curry's clearly stepped back from what we saw the last month of the season last year. You could say Huntley Hatfield's not doing as much as he was doing in his limited time at Tennessee it, last it, year. Or the same amount, I mean, yeah. with more minutes, which isn't good. Uh, I mean, who else who am I forgetting? I mean... I think it's about it, because James didn't play. James didn't play, yeah. So, I mean, it's... I mean, now James has gotten better over this season. For sure. If you want to, like... No question. He's argue. the one guy that you point to and say, this. if I'm optimistic about the future... Look at his progression. You can build around that guy. He is light years ahead of where he was back in November. Still needs a lot of work. Sure. I mean, Everybody does. Yeah. We're 2-17. and 17. Well, yeah, There's I mean, not an All-American on this team right now. That's, <laughs> that's an understatement. <laughs> Texas says, in what stage of the life of a pimple is UFL basketball? The point where it's, 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 got the, it's got the big white. It's big and white. It's got the crust around it. But you can't pop. You can't get it to pop. It's like infected and spreading to the rest of your head. <laughs> Texas says, fire Kenny Payne for cause because this just ain't working. What kind of cause you're going to come up with? It's not going to work. It's not gonna... I mean, <clears throat> you're going to fire him for co- cause of what? <laughs> I mean, emotional distress. <laughs> Texas says, can we get a special message? From Rick Pitino at the 2013 championship celebration, and hope that it has the same effect on Payne as it did on Mac. I still, I, yeah, I'm curious to see if Pitino's involved at all in that. Uh, we'll find out next month. But yeah, it was that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back with Chris Mack. I don't know. Oh, if, God, even that 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 conference USA and Pitino's first year was probably better than than ACC is this year. It's not a good league this year. I mean, you had Cincinnati. I know you, Cincinnati and Memphis were both good that year. We've looked at this before, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Texas, uh, why does KP always smile when they lose? I've said this before, and I know it's a thing that you know people will get on me about. I wish it didn't bother me. It does. It it, it, it just does. And I know it's probably me. silly, but it, 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 it grates me a little bit. It, it didn't bother me at first. First as much, and now it's just every game more and more it gets on my nerves. It gives me the sense of him, the message that it seems like he's putting out there is, like, can you believe these guys? You know, like, you know, like when he asked about, got asked the question about people want you to play some other guys, maybe that would be something that could get some 
positive momentum going for this year, maybe some positive momentum. And he's like, what other guys? And like everybody laughs together. You got Rick Bozich howling in the background. I, I love the Bozich laugh. It's, it's very loud, very distinct. But like, I just can't imagine. I mean, we wanted to see fire from him for a technical, and we got it. That, like that we one did. little moment. But this, but this is back to like I, I know it's just chuckles. His, I know it's just his personality, and I know it's not. I, I like I'm not trying to say that Kenny Payne doesn't care. I know that he cares. Everybody around the program says he cares so much, and he's working so hard. And I believe that. Yeah, I've got no reason not to. But I also I can't help but think about the most successful periods of time that I've experienced as a Louisville basketball fan. I can't imagine Denny Crum laughing his way through this. I can't imagine Rick Pitino laughing his way through this. Like they would be in hell. They would be just furious after all of these games and it just seems like every game it's like well you know you want you want them to close out they don't close out you want them to do this they don't do this and it's just the same thing and i'm just again i wish it didn't bother me because i know it's not a big thing but it, it does i'm being honest i know, I know you don't like him and I, i'm in the minority usually of guys who do like him because i just respect him as a coach and old school like that but what do i gotta do to get a little bit of 1987 bobby knight with a with a bullwhip out there i don't want that I, I think we need it. I don't, I don't think we do. I don't think. I think we need a little Bobby Knight out of here. I don't think that's what we need. But I think I think we need a little Bobby Knight. Texas, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that Wizard of Oz was about the decline of the gold standard. That sounds right. About the what? The decline of the gold standard. Texas says um, the gold, like the gold rush. No. Oh. Texas says, how about Washington? I guess comparisons for Louisville in football. Washington or Ty Willingham went zero and twelve. Okay. I mean, I think Nebraska would be a decent comparison as programs in general. Nebraska's pretty bad right now. And by the way, it didn't get much better when they went after their alma mater guy, too. It didn't. It wasn't this bad, though. No. Texas says, what the hell did they go through? A mean a coach that game. didn't care and they didn't like each other last year. That's yeah. Until we find out more details, I don't. I'm kind of sick of hearing the whole like they went through a lot. Of life. I think a lot of it. I know, I know he's gone, but I think a lot. Of, I think Malik had a lot of problems with that. With what was the inner inner issues of last year's team. It seemed that way. I mean, we, and we I could be wrong. It just from, from an outsider perspective is I could see him stirring the pot a little bit and just being angry and kind of they're, they're not helping the situation in general. I think we all hope that the, the culture would be so much better. And, and maybe it is we're getting rid of, of Malik and some of the other players that seemed like they were uh, at odds last season. Speaking of which, how is Matt Cross doing? I think he's still hurt. <laughs> or Frank Martin killed him. Like that's either one of those seem either one of those seem possible. Can we see what, Matt, what, what Frank Martin's Google searches have been last few days? <laughs> Matt Cross is well, he's averaging eleven point eight points yeah. and six point six rebounds for a okay UMass. Team. He's played. He started sixteen and seventeen games. He's actually playing really well right now. Fifteen, yeah. twenty-two, and thirteen points in his last three games. In fairness, his three-point percentage is not that high. Is not drastically better. He went from two eighty last year to two nine two forty nine this year. So his three-point shooting actually has uh, his shooting in general is actually down. But even though he's taking, but he's taking also a lot more shots a game. We could use him twice as many shots a game. Actually, uh, Texter says, and we'll. I know we have to end a break here. Texter says, "Nap time between the whistles." That was too funny. That was it. Was a good text today. Uh, Texas, there's a non-zero chance that we found out that we've been catfished in a few weeks. I hope not. I, I hope that that's not going to happen. Texas, is brave. Can, can he like pull up his like a mask that he's into a Scooby Doo villain or something? It's, it's the it's the Notre Dame it's, or it's the Nike conspiracy. Texas, Aiden Gahan second is what this kid's going to be. I hope 
Come on. I mean, don't keep tell the me, faith, fellas. You you can't tell me your mind didn't kind of go there a little bit, when, especially when you saw the kid. I'm thinking Gorgie. He's gonna be another Gorgie. Terry says KP would look great in Irish green. Maybe maybe they can come on. <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, a few more texts to wrap up today's show, which we can thankfully close the book on and look ahead to Friday. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Keep it locked right here on Again. That one year, the mic broke again. This was on top of the moon that right year. The greatest British band since the Beatles. <laughs> They're like Shaq and Kobe, the brothers that couldn't get along. <laughs> I did this on the air. It was two days ago where I screwed the. I was screwing and talking at the same time. It's pretty impressive. I don't know if I can do it again. I don't know if I. I might just have to. I'm gonna have to hold the mic for the last 20 minutes here. Good God, we're we're falling apart here, literally and figuratively. I think the mic stand is also broke now. It's like it won't go down. Jesus Christ. What, what is happening here? What are you doing? Our mics over are falling there? apart. I'm, I'm not doing anything. I've got the the only mic that works in the studio ever. The four that we have in here is the only one that's not screwed in properly. You're like holding and the whole thing. Because it fell off. It, it fell off again. I'm not happy. Richard, what did you do? All right, we've only got like 13 minutes here. We'll try to get to as many texts as we can. I just want to play Oasis the rest of the just time. Just play the. Yeah. <laughs> Get me, don't look back at anger. Angry <laughs> I did like, I just saw, talking about, so if you just joined the show, we Louisville added a player in the middle of the show, uh, Emmanuel Okorafor, eligible immediately. This is a weird-ass thing to have a 6'9 player join the team for the last, what, we have 12 games left, I think? It's a bizarre thing. And uh, somebody texted in, this is like, <laughs> we've got two wins and we're adding dudes off waivers, a position that we've already got five of, like it's the world's worst fantasy football team. <laughs> this is how you end up with no moves in the playoffs. Kickers. This is how you end up with no moves in the playoffs and the, the championship game and it costs you a title. <sighs> Texter says, Trevor has a whole yard full of dog, uh, of white dog turds. <laughs> no, they're not. Go turn our luck around, Mike. Texas says if we can get, I don't know if this is a. My cousin took one of my dogs. Oh really? Yeah, she's been watching uh, uh my my the Chihuahua for the last couple. Like, the one you don't week. like. The one, don't you, not, the one you never mentioned. I don't dislike her. It's just you don't like her. She can be somewhat hyper annoying. She annoys you. 
Especially when she tries to run out of the front door every time. She's the only one that runs out the front door. Uh, that is annoying. And then it, my mom got mad at me because I've got to the point where I'm just like, like I just quit chasing her. I just let her run. Go and ahead I, and go. Then I just go back inside. I do my stuff, and eventually she's going to come back. Go ahead and go. Yeah. Like, good luck finding somebody to treat you better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the Humane Society is not listening to the show today. Cannot get this screwed back in. I'm trying desperately <laughs> while you talk to, to get it in. I mean, just, I, I'm a, I'll, I'll hear AEW last night. I've gotten worse at screwing as I've gotten older. <laughs> I, I, I'm just surprised you can screw and talk. I thought you were more of the quiet type. No, you'd be surprised. <laughs> so AEW last night, up. not a not a horrible show. But I meant to mention this yesterday, so I, I do want to sneak this in here real quick. Okay. Um, Orange Cassidy still the champion. Yes, but I'm gonna take you down a little bit. I'm sorry. A little oh, no. thoughts, thoughts and prayers. Uh Tuesday night. I don't know if you saw this trending. I did. Uh Jay Briscoe, who I, I, I hate to say that I, I've known about the Briscoe brothers as a wrestling tag team for years. Just started getting into them the last few years and it's so sad that uh tra- car wreck on Tuesday night with his both his daughters. Uh one is okay, the other is looked to gonna maybe be paralyzed. Uh oh, from what geez. it looks like. Uh his wife and son were not in the car though, thankfully. He passed though. So. Um, him and his real life brother, uh, one of the probably best tag teams in the last maybe 30 years in all of wrestling, uh, currently still, I watched them in a, a dog collar match versus FTR just like a month ago on ring of honor that one of the best matches I've ever seen. It's just awesome. Um, bloody as hell, but awesome. Very sad. 38 years old. That sucks. Not, not, not one of the more probably established awesome wrestlers that never got to be on the big stage for anything. And. A lot of it was to do with he sent out a tweet about ten years ago um, that was not the most. Uh, I heard there was something I didn't know the specifics. Yeah, it was. So, he he says something about congratulations Connecticut on the the gay marriage law. Don't come to my don't come to my house with it or I'll, you'll be shot or something like that. It's it wasn't smart. I don't know if it was worth the the whole backlash he got for ten years of it, but because he was very apologetic over the years about it and. Unfortunately, because of that, though, WB was, didn't want to touch him. Uh, and even AW, who did have him and used him, TNT was like, you don't, we don't want him on our TV, though. And so he was very, very sparingly used. They did show a graphic last night. And from what I understand, they recorded a, a, a tribute show to him after they went off the air that'll, that'll come out. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was very sad. It was very, this is like the second time in like three years a very young wrestler has been lost. Luke Harper, uh, Brody Lee. Uh, Luke passed away two years ago. That was kind of out of nowhere, and around the same time, Christmas time. So Jeez. it really sucks. It's, yep. So that's not, but the show itself in general was not bad. I got a little glimpse of what I'm going to see next week. That's I'm, where you're going. The only the only match they announced for next week so far, they're going to announce the rest of the lineup on Friday. But uh, so far, I know I'm getting Daniel Daniel Bryan, uh, Daniel Bryanson uh, Brian Danielson. I can't speak. You got it. Versus Nothing. Brian Cage. Okay. Would have liked to seen him maybe a better match of his. Could could have seen maybe Bandito this week. You can't find the screw, can you? I can't. I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> it fell on the ground. I cannot find it anywhere. I've been. To, I wish people. This is where the TV would be great. We need the YouTube like, camera right now. I'm sitting here talking. People are thinking you're listening to me, and you have no. You have the last the entire time I've been talking. You've been just looking for the screw. I'm so sick of holding this GD <laughs> mic. I've got to find the screw. I, this, and I'm running out of things to talk about with wrestling. Well, no, I can I can talk whenever you're done. But I, I just I was hoping to get this done while you were talking, and I, I 
Yeah, we need the YouTube cameras. Maybe before we get the YouTube cameras, though, we should have screws that work on the mics. <laughs> Maybe we can get that fixed together at the same time. I don't know. I just really wanted to say something about Briscoe because I'm sure you saw it, but I just I did. I saw it trending, but I, I didn't know yeah, anything about and it. And I just forgot to mention it yesterday, but yeah, that's very sad. Um, they said, uh, God, this mic. Texture says, <laughs> I don't know what's going to take you more like watching, talking about you over the next 10 minutes in the text. Or holding the mic while you do it. I have to lie down when I get home a little bit. I'm, 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 it's been an irritated show. None of this has been fun. And this, what's weird is, is you would think it's all on me. It's been a frustrating three hours. Like, no, you've, not, been, you've been great. You've been I know. I, you would say if you were to go home like, Mary, I got to lay down. This show was just exhausting. I need a minute. She'd be like, what did Trevor do? What did he say? It's not good for the heart rate. Let's see what the heart rate is right now. I'm actually good today. Heart rate check. It's not good. It's not good. It's, it's, it's up. It's not, well, yeah. It's too high. I'll get it down. Okay, calm down. Do the Wim Hof breathing. Uh, Texas says, Attaboy Trev. Oh, this is uh, Scooter Dingus. Says, Attaboy Trev. Got it. Get you some Bobby. He's got a few good years left, maybe. He does not have a few good years. We're not bringing Bobby back right now. What are we going to do if Petrino like, takes, like, they, they fired Jimbo? Or, He's talking Knight. Oh, Bobby Knight. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, well. not Bobby Knight cannot coach anybody right now. No, no, not, not now. The best we get to Bobby Knight is going after Chris Beard. Texas says, <laughs> yeah, how desperate do you does it look have to be to, to be accepting of Chris Beard? Given our recent history, very desperate. I don't think it would ever happen. Texture says, the same picture said, I never thought I'd be as good as a first-year teacher, teacher better at my job than Kenny Payne. Says, I teach ninth graders, Trevor. They're great, but it's wild. Teaching ninth graders is not something I would ever want to do. You're not. At this point, you're almost, you're almost like babysitting the teaching in ninth grade. Right? Ninth grade and junior highs is I, I could never do junior high. Yeah, I mean, early teenagers are the scariest people alive. I wonder what's what school they're at too, because I mean, depending. On the, I mean, do you remember being thirteen? Like you're just oh, was you're was, angry and horny all the time. Yeah. You're just a walking ball of hormones. It's the worst time. It's, oh, it's, it's the absolute worst. I agree, one hundred percent. I was, and, and they I make was, everybody everything worse for everyone around. And them. I was, a, you think I was a, just a complete smart ass little bleep. Yeah. Texas, as someone born in 2002, I barely know any of the songs Trevor plays. That's, yeah. <laughs> There's a demographic that does okay, not first of all, get that, the music. That's, that's your fault, Texer. You have the internet in your hands, okay? You have access to all this stuff. You have no excuse. At least when I was growing up, I had to wait like in for MTV to play the video once an hour to see a song. Or to record it. You remember, remember recording cassettes off of the radio play so you can have it on tape? That, that was the life I was living. You have the internet. I don't want to hear the excuses. You could just play some more modern songs sometimes. Yeah, but your modern songs suck. I'm old. Okay. Yeah, you are. You're, <laughs> you're so old. Texas, so we're shuffling in and out of NBA Academy dudes on 10-day contracts for the rest of the season. I wish. Just try it. Why not? Texas, serenity now, Mike. Yeah. Serenity now, insanity later. Texas, should we bring back the 40-41 team to honor at halftime of a game this year? <laughs> I got to call John see what's going to show talk about his we, grandpa's. We've got team. a contact. We've got an in. Yeah. He's got like memorabilia from that team and stuff from from his grandfather's days. The toy that you were talking about, apparently, multiple textures have pointed out. You said it was animal. It's actually it was my pet monster. Yes, I looked. I had a football helmet and broken cups. It was annoying. Me. I remember that. And so I googled it, and I, you know the first like, you know when you Google stuff like that, you'll see like the shopping for it. This thing's going for five hundred dollars on eBay. It must be a hard toy to get Jeez, a hold of. It must be. I do remember it too. I had one. Texas says, I think Kenny Payne is so chill and smiling because he's detached from responsibility and just thinks, man, I'm sticking with my kids, but there they go again. I don't, I hope that that's not the truth, the, the case, but it does give off that feeling when, when he handles press conferences like that. Like, oof, like 
I'm just as mad as you guys. I'm doing everything I can, but like these kids, they just don't get it. Like it's just, it has that feel to it when he does the whole laughing and telling stories about what he wants. And I, I tell him to go over there. They don't do that. I tell him to get excited. They don't get excited. I tell them, okay. It's at some point we've played 19 games now, plus two exhibitions. At some point that falls on you. It can't just be, I'm saying this and nobody's listening. Like, only a bad craftsman blames his tools. We'll find out next year again, like how much we can put into that. Texas, can we use the uh, immorality clause for public embarrassment? No, I don't think it's immoral. <laughs> Texas, the youngest guy on the forty forty one team would be a hundred. Could happen. Could would he really? I mean, if you were eighteen in nineteen in nineteen forty one, you'd yeah, you'd be you'd be way up there. You'd be about a hundred years old. So, you think Bob Barker played that He'd be over 100 years old. He turned 99 yesterday today. He did. I was, I was very nervous when I saw him trending. I know that happens a lot. Yeah, well, yeah. I got scared. This is the, when you when you clicked on his trending, was the first person you saw. Did Denzel Washington. I hate that. I know, that. it happens all the time. They'd be like, don't scare me like that. I'm like, okay. I almost want to mute anybody that does that. I know, it gets annoying. Texas, honestly, the WKU, WKU win was one of the happiest I felt about a win in a while. And that's a bad thing. Remember how happy we were? Oh, I was so excited. I was I was pumping my chest. How did we score ninety four? There points? was a point in that game where I scared the dogs because I jumped up, like, getting excited during the game. Apparently, somebody sends me an image. Uh, Ty Spalding, our guy over at Rivals, the publisher of CardinalSports.com, yeah. says a naming rights deal for Cardinal Stadium going to be announced very soon. Could be tomorrow, according to a source. I hope that source isn't Vince. We need. <laughs> I tell you what, if if Josh has had this in the bag for a while. This is a good time for it. We need the good well, news now. Unless it's some bad name. I mean. Who cares? We, we, I care. I don't want to be like. It can't be worse than Papa John's Cardinal Stadium or the KFC Yum! Exclamation point center. And we've pa- put up with those for a while. The Papa John's again didn't bother me. But I mean, the Yum! I guess I've gotten used to. But. UPS. Make it happen. Yeah, where is UPS and all this? you think they'd have been involved. Big X Cardinal Stadium. I mean, we have the flight deck, right? If we could sponsor Cardinal Stadium, we'd it'd be a win-win because one, we get our name on, on the the building. Two, it also kind of sounds sounds like a big ass Cardinal Stadium, which is awesome. Here at Big Ass Cardinal Stadium, there's, <laughs> there's a wrestler that goes by the name used to go by the name Big Cass C A S S. I remember that. And when he'd come out, he'd do like I know I'm showing, you know he put his arm like right up, and like there's there's somebody got a screenshot of a camera view of him holding the arm up and it's blocking out the sea. Right behind him. <laughs> Texture says, Hey Mike, congrats on your new stadium rights deal. Mike Lick's White Dog Turd Stadium is going to open a lot of back backdoor business opportunities. <laughs> Texture says new naming rights, African Airlines. Oh. <laughs> TJ Walker says Paul's Fruit Market Cardinal Stadium. I love Paul's. You do love Paul's. I was there yesterday, right? Arby, Arby's Cardinal Stadium. I get turkey there once a week, leaving this leaving the show. We got the meats on the offensive line. What if you made that happen? <laughs> Texture says, Trevor, I've got a positive the energy drink that I hyped up before New Year's is headed you and Scoots' way. It should arrive tomorrow. I hope that Jeffersonville address is the OG studio. Look at you. People are sending you energy sure. drinks. Oh, nice. I'll take an energy drink. Yeah. Started a new show last night. What's that? Uh, Blackbird on uh, Apple TV. Dugan's been pushing forward. That's, it's only six episodes. Okay. Um, Hold on. This is the best sex of the day. It's this Ray Oliota's last, uh, last game oh. before he passed. It's not bad. The first three episodes were pretty decent so far. Texas, my wife is coming in from work as I listen to the show. Quote, did that guy just say he's going to bleep a salad? <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Texture says, "This is, hey, we have positive text. Maybe we can end the show on this. I don't know. The last one was pretty good. It was good. 
Call me crazy, but I'm more optimistic about the program's future. The history, tradition, fan base, facilities are all still there. It feels like it's bad timing for the program hiring KP at this program's juncture. I love your optimism. I don't necessarily agree. Not convinced, Mike, that the the the, the, head, the mic prone here is going to work. God, I, I just, this is driving me crazy. <laughs> he looks so this is driving, I'm, I, I hate it. I hate it so much. I'm fighting the mic stand as I hold this. Can you? What if you let it go and just dangle there? Well, yeah, it's, it's going to break. This thing is heavy as hell, and it's just hold on by this little wire. I've got to find Can that the, wire. Not hold it up. It won't. I'm going to have to lay it on the table when we're done. Anyways, who, nobody cares. Nobody cares we're listening. Who, care, who cares about anything anymore? We got a core of four. We're going to be fine. We're going to win out. 12 straight to end the ACC season. Everything's fine. Thanks to chloroform. Nobody freak out. <laughs> if we don't, we'll get some chloroform. We're going to be fine. Have a fantastic Thursday night, everybody. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 3 for what should be a, a lively Friday show. Also, go women's basketball. Beat Boston College tonight. 7 o'clock tip-off. Go Cards. Listen to all the action on 970 WGTK. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Cardinal Insider and IU coming up next. Boom. Well, we-